The views and opinions expressed on Red Planet are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Red Planet nor any affiliated or related entities. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome to Red Planet. This week we're talking with internet trans activist Katie Montgomery about trans liberation, what it means, and how we get there. We'll also talk about some strippers organizing their workplace, rising inflation rates, and Jeremy Corbyn being kicked out of the Labour Party. But first, Kira has made an avant-garde fashion decision. Kira, is your top bandages? Um, yeah, basically. It's one long bandage I've kind of like wrapped around my, my torso. That kind of whips. Yeah. Like the yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of into like apocalypse, post-apocalyptic <laughs> vibes right now for fashion. So I'm like, the world is very into apocalyptic vibes right now. Just for <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotta start Stuff. early <laughs> for yeah. everything. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, it's Red Planet. What's going on, everybody? Ooh, yeah. Welcome in. Uh, look at us. We're great. Oh um, my God, we're oh, here. Jesus, listen. You know what the show is. You know what it's all about. And we're gonna start with the standard procedure i'm listen i'm taking the reins what if I'm people ta- don't know what's it about if this is their first time here did you ever consider the first timers you know what no and that's a really good point i'm gonna do better and i'm gonna now address Wait, Why don't hold yourself accountable? i'm gonna hold myself accountable i'm gonna correct my mistake right and what we do here at red planet is we do really based stuff so anyway let's start with the 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 next <laughs> with the main thing that we normally do, which is asking everyone in the show, what's the most base thing you did this week? Uh, Tim. Oh, uh, me, well, um, so the last couple of weeks have been pretty, pretty wild down here. Um, there's been, there was a flood, which I think was, Wait, when was the last time I was on stream? Because I've had to take a couple off because of these weeks. Was... I think it was two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So At least. we had the flood, and then there was, like, a series of earthquakes, and then there was, like, a cyclone. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and that was, like, the last two weeks or so. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty rough. But throughout that period, um, I'd, like, kind of... I'd, assembled a bunch of like you know supplies and stuff like well I actually already had a lot of stuff like you know even stuff from a while back like big like bottles of water and all that kind of stuff and then so the most basic thing I did this week I guess was um was now that where I am is kind of in the clear there's still a lot of areas that are really like still really fucked up but um uh I was able to donate the excess stuff that we Aww. had here to um yeah to uh it's like there's like an area called piha that's got like been really really messed up and um well one of the many areas has been messed up and so um yeah we were um took a bunch of stuff over there and you know helping the people that are still like significantly more affected mm-hmm. by it than um than we are in my little area of West Auckland. But um yeah. And if you no, want to call yourself a prepper, you can do that. We accept you. Not really. I mean it, was, it wasn't <laughs> like that wild. Just like um a bunch of bottles of water, a big like, you know, like 
you know how like you get the bottles of water but then you get them those like plastic wrapped bigger things like one of those then a big bottle and then just like a bunch of like tinned stuff and like little soup packets and things like that so um Hmm. yeah yeah so pass that stuff along this that was probably it for um for this week what about meal what what's the most base thing you did this week um so yeah i've been back on the gmtu grind um we have had a lot of awesome and interesting things this week we had our um all member meeting we have all member meetings every three months you know for the democratic process to like you know allow people to put through proposals vote for them um object to them etc and also just discuss things that we've been doing um and yeah so a lot of positive things from that but actually the most base thing i did with the union this week um for anyone that doesn't know this is great manchester tenants union uh, if you're new here, um, yeah, it's a, a tenants union where a bunch of uh, basically we're, we're we're a union of tenants, um, uh, you know, fighting back against landlords and social housing companies. And speaking of social housing companies, people on Red Planet might remember our member Anya, uh, single mother, Polish immigrant um who was left without gas for 11 days gas was everything to her like her uh cooking her heating Mm -hmm. her hot water and uh yeah you know this is just like a small blip in this woman's life of of things that have gone wrong as a result of the bureaucratic nature of britain uh mm-hmm. and the and the hostile environment of, of of our country towards immigrants and um you know the the the, the housing association only acted when greater manchester tenants union made a tweet about how outrageous this was and uh finally this week we actually met with the housing association so it was me uh ben who's been on the show ben clay from the union and uh, our member anya and we spoke to first choice homes oldham um and i don't think i've ever been in a meeting before where someone knows that they fucked up they knew that they fucked up real bad so much so that they gave us everything that we asked for so we got our member three thousand pounds in compensation rent arrears wiped um all the issues oh, in her home amazing. are going to be inspected by like the official inspector and all this kind of stuff and she's been offered a place on the tenants voice committee of oh. first choice homes Older oh, wow. in wow. order to actually like affect how um you know things go moving forward and they've committed to a um a working relationship with greater manchester tenants union to improve the lives Mm, of their tenants so listen it's really really good it's very very positive but you know we'll see how it goes because at the end of the day this is all very nice in theory and it's very easy for a company to throw a lot of money at someone when they know they've fucked up um Mm. but we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on them basically so uh yeah stay tuned that's the uh that's the uh the most base thing i did this week uh what about our beautiful sweet sophie What's he done? Oh my goodness. I had a, a quite a big week. Um, it was my anniversary with Nat for seven years on Tuesday. As well, uh, our anniversary was on, on Valentine's Day. Happy anniversary. Uh, which was really you nice. Too. Yeah, it was really sweet. It was a really <laughs> lovely anniversary. Um, before that, I um, took some supplies to a comrade who's very sick. Um, he's kind of experiencing burnout. So he's, he's quite sick all the time um and yeah i just had a like hang out and chat with him he's really really based and like we don't get to chat enough and it was really cool to see him and i felt you know felt felt very based helping help my comrades out uh and then on wednesday we went to the vigil for brianna gay uh which we'll talk about more in a sec and throughout this episode uh and and my my comrade was there and i was like you're 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 sick why are you here 
Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and that was very cool. Uh, just a generally good, good, good and cool vigil, uh, good and cool protest. I did some Antifa super soldier stuff there that I can't really talk about. Um, I also went to my first rave this week. Um, I've never been to one before. It was very based. Ooh. I enjoyed it a lot. And, um, yeah. And also today it looks like I said, I was going to give updates on my trans healthcare struggle. I have, um, gone a step closer to having my healthcare sorted out. I should be, yeah, should be getting free, free therapy and laser. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I'm really fucking go. excited Hell for it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll update about that, about, about that more in future, but it's, it's, it's going pretty well. And, um, yeah yeah i don't know yeah. it's some complicated feelings it's it's a it's a it's a good and cool time i'm trying yeah. to remember if i did anything else um it has been a really big week but my my head's kind of all over the place because it's been so intense um yeah basically I, I just need to get some documents together and send them over to trans plus and then i should be should finally finally be through uh kira yeah. what about you what was your most based thing this week Ah, uh, well this week uh uh, Bellamy Jujiro, Aranok, and myself uh, organized a three-day fundraiser for Trans Lifeline. We organized it like within hours, so we were gonna play. We were gonna have like a three-day uh, stream where we stream together and we played Destiny Two, like like the game Destiny Two, where I was gonna be introduced to it for the first time by Aranok, because Aranok's like really into Destiny Two. Uh, if you don't know, Aranok and Bellamy are both uh, creators on YouTube, and they've also they do streams on Twitch as well. Um, and they're personal, really good friends of mine. Uh, they're both trans. And so we were talking Discord. I was like, okay, since we're doing this like three-day Destiny 2 thing, let's just like, how will we do a fundraiser? Like right now, I think we really, it's, it's not only, I think, the you know, as I don't think anyone here listening needs to know that like right now, like supporting trans people is of like the utmost imperative. Like it's extraordinarily important. Um, but not only will the funds be helpful, like we can actually have a really great excuse to get the like community together and to like show visibly that we're here for each other. Um, and so we did, and we raised $27,000 for trans yeah. lifeline, which was cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So in- so yeah. Based. yeah so it was based. awesome. And then I also, um, a day like a two days after that um was on nicotine stream and nicotine because nicotine was also doing a fundraiser and nicotine ended up raising i think like about six thousand dollars for a trans justice funding project in a day which is Yo. fantastic yeah yeah. yeah so some really awesome stuff that we're doing um it was really cool in in it, it was really great to get together with so many people to meet a lot of new people um to hear a lot from not only uh you know trans people but also to to hear uh from a lot of like um trans bipoc people like trans black people because trans black femmes like it was it, it particularly under um under represented uh um group of people you know for multitude of reasons they have a really hard time getting their voices heard um and so it was it was awesome hearing their stories and hearing their perspectives. And I, I feel very honored that, that they are a part of our fundraiser. Um, so yeah, I think it was like great for educational reasons. Uh, it was great for community building. So we can like all see visibly that people give fucks, like very much give fucks about trans people. Um, and then we also raise funds for Trans Lifeline, which is a fantastic organization, if you don't know. But in the future, what we were talking about, what we would like to do um, is try to find a way to 
code in um, goals for GoFundMe's and alerts for GoFundMe's. So right now for fundraisers, the way they work is like uh, typically fundraisers are the when you have like alerts that pop up on screen, they're only for like things that these these uh, particular like companies are allowing you to link, whether it be like um, your personal PayPal or oh, yeah. or like uh, yeah like or a charity that's been like approved as a charity or so on and so forth. But like GoFundMe's are like not like there's no way to get alerts for GoFundMe's, right? But oh, like yeah. that's like a really great way to directly help yeah. a lot of trans folks. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, if, Chad, I don't know if you've been on Twitter, but like, there's a lot of trans people that like, are like, I'm going to be evicted in like a week. I really need these funds and they'll post a GoFundMe. And so while Trans Lifeline is an extra, like a really great organization that they're run by trans people, um, they know how to like, dis- like this, uh, disseminate funds to people mm-hmm. that need them. It is still another step, you know? And if you're, if you're like, someone that's watching right now and you're like, shit, I I'm going to be evicted in like five days. Like, like it's, you need the funds right now. So in the future, uh, we would like to, I know Aranok and Bellamy, they're both know how to do Cody stuff. Apparently Uh, apparently trans trans people that are really big on the Cody clicky clack stuff. Apparently is what I hear. They wear sunglasses indoors. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so they're looking into trying to create some sort of like software or whatever, some sort of API. I don't know. You tech people know uh, some clicky clack thing to make it so we can get on-screen alerts and like mm. goals like visible goals oh, um, yeah. for GoFundMe's which I think in the future would be fantastic so yeah that was this week it was a it was a pretty overwhelming week um but but overwhelming in a in, a, in the good direction that's fantastic yeah. awesome. I remembered I remembered two more based things for my big based week if it's okay to say them um <laughs> I had uh uh coffee with someone who I was really nervous about having coffee with um, I talked a bit before about when we, when we were talking about um, transformative justice, I said about how important it is to be in community with people who have a shared understanding of what's like happened to you and how I was worried about like people who I'm kind of in community with who uh, t- did not have a shared understanding of bad things that have happened to me. And uh, this is this person that I had coffee with. I was kind of worried that they like were that. And um, yeah, we hung out and it was really cool. And they they like actually it's fine and they like completely support me um also after the vigil uh i started planning an action with some uh some trans friends Mm. uh which i can't talk about right now um but it should be a really cool one and hopefully after it's happened i can share yeah awesome (laughs) awesome cool all right well should we um should we dive right into the news section of the stream then Um, let's get in there yeah, that's, that's... Tim, do you want to tell us about uh, strippers? Yes, yeah, cool. So <laughs> um, some of you might have seen, I've been um, kind of signal boosting a lot of this stuff on uh-huh. uh, Twitter and, and on Instagram stuff as well. Um, so there was uh, just recently, it actually happened a couple of weeks ago now, but it's taken them a little bit of time to kind of organize together and get everything going. But um, down in our capital city, Wellington, uh, a club, a strip club called Calendar Girls, which is, they've got a bunch of clubs all over the country and they're kind of like, they have a pretty bad rep. And uh, so they introduced a new contract to their workers, basically um, 
kind of like lowering the cut that the that the workers got from you know like everything they earned as well as um they have like a a really dodgy kind of like it's it's a thing that happens at a lot of clubs they have a fine system where if you don't do if you do certain things or don't do other certain things the management will fine you and that will come out of the money that you earn that night and sometimes it even rolls over so like someone like a worker could go to work and get a fine and spend their entirety of that shift working that off and then even have to, you know, work it off next time, you know, literally starting shifts in the negative. But, um, and so they had in this new contract, they had ramped it up a little bit with more aggressive fines as well. So um, about 20 of them all kind of got together and they were like, this sucks. Like, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this. And they just fired all of them um, from, they fired them over Facebook as well. Um, so uh, so all of them kind of like they got together, they started talking about what they were going to do and they decided that they were going to fight it. So they um, they formed a group called Fired Up Stilettos and they, uh, yeah, they've just begun. So just the other night they started, they've been doing it this weekend, they've set up like a bunch of poles and stuff outside of the club and they've got, you know, there's all the dancers themselves, but they've also got like a whole bunch of people supporting them, um, friends, family, just, you know, just general like supporters, people standing in solidarity with them. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just kind of like, I guess, occupying the space outside of the club and, um, you know, doing the normal stuff with like, uh, like uh, signs and everything like that and trying to kind of like raise money, but also kind of explain why, why it sucks, why the system sucks. And um, so uh, the management have kind of uh, like, they haven't really made like a proper statement yet, but they did do when the, um, when the group fired up Solitos did, and they did a Reddit AMA the other night, there was like people that were in the comments that maybe were the owner <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> it's like been pretty wild to watch, but um yeah so uh they basically want like all of these workers they're saying they're like we actually really like this job this is a good job for us like we're not you know we don't believe that this industry is inherently exploitative we don't believe it's inherently misogynist anything like that but they're like but we should be you know treated with respect we have uh you know like we have rights as workers that should be respected and um and we're not getting that at the moment so that's what we want to change so um yeah the goal the goal for them at the moment is to um i think it was to reverse the the contract the new contracts but also um like for all the workers that are still currently working there but also they um they want to they're trying to get a little bit more clarity on the kind of um so the thing that a lot of these clubs take advantage of is that there's as a as a worker you can be a an employee or you can be a contractor and so if you're an employee you're guaranteed a cer- certain rights certain benefits all this kind of stuff as a contractor it's different you don't really get a lot of those things but typically you get a lot more freedom and agency over your hours what you charge all these kind of things um so the clubs typically say these people are contractors so um like you know, we don't have to pay them a minimum wage. We don't have to pay them sickly, all that kind of stuff. You know, anything that uh, normal employment 
agreement normally covers you for. If you're a contractor, you generally don't get that. But if you're a contractor, you're supposed to be able to, yes, yeah, set your own hours, decide the own value of your labor, all this kind of stuff. Whereas the club, these clubs go, okay, no, you're rostered on. This is your night. You work then. If you if you show up five minutes late, you're getting fined, all this kind of stuff like that. So it's like, okay, well, uh, in that case, they're technically employers because uh, employees, because, well, the way that it works is when you're in an arrangement with, this is purely in Aotearoa. Uh, I'm not, I can't speak for other countries. It doesn't matter what you and the person that's hiring you refer to it as like when you enter an employment agreement, it doesn't matter if you sign a piece of paper saying I'm a contractor or I'm an employee or anything like that. There's standards that kind of um, like, it's more like the law defines that. So you can go into it being like, yep, I'm a, I'm a contractor, everything. The, the piece of paper can say contractor, you sign a, sign a contract, all this kind of stuff that says you're a contractor and you're not an employee. But then if you go, you know, if you go to court about it, the court can just go like, oh, no, obviously they're actually an employee because they work, you know, they work these hours, they do this, blah, 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 whatever like that. So you're protected by it anyway. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where, they want more, they want the industry to change by actually looking at these things and being like, well, maybe the way that it's worked for like the past couple of decades or whatever is like, it's changed now. The world's different. Like it's not like the clubs are being run differently. They're being run more aggressively um, in a kind of like a business sense. And they're taking, like they've always taken advantage of the workers and they've always been, run aggressively in other ways but these people are now building like these well in New Zealand building like these empires and they're really taking advantage of the the labor market and the amount of people that um that like they are hiring so many new people coming through all the door on these exploitative contracts all the time and they know that they can get rid of them and someone else will come in just because that's what the economy is like so um yeah so this group fired up Stiletto is kind of like, this is bullshit. Um, all of these people, like even in the, a lot of the good clubs, they're still being exploited and stuff. And while they have also highlighted a lot of the good clubs, there is one that um, apparently in New Zealand is, is totally worker owned and run, which was like a really interesting thing to find out about because in my opinion, and, you know, I think like the general leftist position is that anything's like this should be worker run. But uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that um, everything works out really well for them. They've been getting a lot of positive media attention. Um, it, it was initially no one was really reporting on it. But over the over the weekend, uh, things have stepped up a little bit. And Billy Bragg was in town. He did a show in Wellington. And uh, someone from his crew mentioned, hey, there's, you know, there's some kind of strike going down the street. So they went, OK, we'll go check it out. And Billy Bragg and his crew went down and um, supported the um the workers down there and also like did a big shout out on social media and was like hey look this is what's happening down there everyone you can go donate check them out which is really amazing Billy Bragg is like, so fucking cool yeah he has a huge platform and he um you know especially like he's he's been a big union guy big labor guy for yeah. like a million years and um I found it very so- funny when like the guy who wrote never cross a picket line came out in support of trans rights and turfs all shit themselves it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, no yeah. my guy knows what he's talking about Tim, so he's, um, when you yeah. saved that, when you showed that 
His uh, picture of Billy Bragg on your timeline. I thought it was Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, I, I was actually thinking that. I was like, man, he does kind of look like he was got Corbin, Corbin vibes. vibes. Yeah. He's got yeah, Corbin yeah. vibes. Right? Yeah, no, they did, they're kind of like same generation, really. He was but, Jeremy um, moding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, so that was awesome. Got a bunch of attention to them, and sense. obviously there was like a huge like turf pushback to his post because they they hate him because he stands up for you know trans rights and like to them that you know like they they just they hate that like doesn't matter who he is or what else he's done or anything like that to them it's like okay he's instantly the enemy so you get all these like turfs in the comments arguing against women the rights of these exploited women working in the club because mixing with swerves but it's like even beyond you know like normal swerve shit where they're just like no these you know like it's not just that they want like you know like the abolition of like you know like full service sex work or anything like that they're like these women deserve less rights is basically (laughs) what they're saying Uh, which is wild but um there is a gofundme um set up for uh for fight up stilettos um They've got a goal of like 30,000 New Zealand dollars. At the moment, it is uh, about halfway there. I'll drop the link in the chat, actually. Um, but um, yeah, there's a little bit more info on there as well, as well as their links and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's good. If you've got a little bit of money um, spare, you can send it their way. It's um, <clears throat> it's in New Zealand dollars, so I'm not sure. But like... Yeah, I, I don't know what our currency is at at the moment, but generally it's like it's 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 a mere shadow of the of the pound and the American yeah, that dollar. That means if, so, um, if 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 you chuck in five British pounds, yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to end up being like that's a GoFundMe twenty five dollars. It's not quite that bad, but um, but you know, but basically saying that yeah, your um every every go dollar far. helps, but it's um, going to go far, yeah 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 awesome and it would be it would be great to see some um some kind of like reform in this area because um there is even though we do have you know we have de- like we don't have full decrim we ha- uh we're still working on that in new zealand there is like all these weird caveats where people that own like strip clubs and brothels and stuff like that can still exploit the shit out of people in unique ways to those industries yeah um so yeah you know like in ways that you wouldn't get in um you know like in a tattoo shop or whatever like that so um yeah so hopefully we get some more kind of like action on this and we get something like more like an industry-wide reform or something um yeah I think bigger bigger changes in New Zealand with our sex work laws have have happened from smaller groups of people so you know cool uh yeah Anyway, uh, so what about what about Sophie? Why don't you tell me about the, these vigils that have been happening across the UK? Yeah, sure thing. So uh, tragically, this week, um, teenager Brianna Gay, she was sixteen, um, was something's happening in my house. Okay, um, teenager Brianna Gay was uh, stabbed to death in a park in Colchester by uh, two schoolmates who were fifteen. Um, she'd been a victim of bullying for a long time for being trans. Um, it's pretty horrible, really, uh, is, is the main thing to say about it. Um, she seems like she was a wonderful person. Uh, I've been her- hearing a lot uh, about how she helped a lot of people to like get onto HRT 
and helps them to like um, start their transitions. There's a really moving uh, piece in Vice where they interviewed some of her online friends um, about, yeah, about what she was like. And yeah, she seems like a wonderful person. Uh, the police are declining to call it a hate crime, even though it very obviously was. And there have been there have been vigils all all over the country, um, including uh, in in Colchester where she was found. And um, there was one that I went to that I mentioned earlier, which was outside the Department of Education because of the the way that the school system failed her. Um, so a lot of people, yeah, just talking about like how, how badly like the school system let her down. Something to point out that disabled Jess has just mentioned in the chat that I was unsure of, but I was at the Manchester Vigil as well, and apparently you don't pronounce her name gay. Uh, oh. her name is her name is pronounced Jai. So it's Jai. Important, okay. It's also important to Jai. know that because okay. that's that's was part of what was used to bully her. They called her gay. Fair um, enough. You know, for obvious reasons. So, uh, yeah, just okay. to uh, correct that. Jai, that, thank you Good for that. Know. Jai, all right. So, um, yeah, uh, Brianna Jai, um, yeah, uh, was murdered. And um, it's been a bit of a horrible time in the UK media. Um, at first, a lot of uh, places were reporting on it and declining to mention that she was trans. And mm. then they started to um, dead name her and um it's it's been it's been a weird time that uh that we have this um conservative pundit tom harwood who really wants to be like a, the british ben shapiro and mm. even he uh even he can recognize like he he even he tweeted like it's unspeakably cruel that she's going to be misgendered in death on her on her death certificate and called male yeah. um so yeah there's a lot of anger at that um the the vigil outside the department of education was really good uh, they made a point of of uh, giving the mic to trans young people to talk about their experiences in school and, mm. and talk about how how they're being treated. And it was, yeah, it was quite powerful. There was a lot of kind of re- restless energy um, to do with, yeah, just wanting like something to be done. And I guess, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in the rest of this episode a lot more. But um, yeah, uh, rest in pride, Brianna Jai. It's, um, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a grim one uh kira do you want to tell us about inflation sure sure. um so um there's a growing international economic crisis at the moment chat Woo! (laughs) the world bank describes it as among the most severe crises globally since the mid 19th century so right now inflation is going way up Uh, Lots of currencies are being devalued, particularly currencies in the imperial periphery. And so, so much of the, a lot of the world is now experiencing a very catastrophic uh, debt crisis. These countries and countries, including uh, Lebanon, Iraq, um, Egypt, Sri Lanka, and Pakistan. So in Egypt, the value of the Egyptian pound has shrunk in half over the past year while prices are going up. In Sri Lanka, authorities have just raised the price of electricity by 66%. And its effort to get a bailout for the International Monetary Fund. And last year, Sri Lanka defaulted on its debt for the first time in its history. The IMF must be destroyed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is like, we, we talked <laughs> about true. these on stream like a long time ago, right? This is like, you know, mm-hmm. when, the, um, yeah. when the currency crashed, that's what led to like, you know, them not being able to buy gas. And, you know, mm-hmm. the gas is what kept the power plants going and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it kind of has this knock-on effect of, you know, like uh, that's that's when we saw people out in the streets, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like showing up with burning torches at politicians' houses. And stuff, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, which is wrong, of course, as we all know. 
Oh, you, um, well, I mean, if there's all the streetlights are out, you got to keep the streets. Right, light, right. You're just right? doing so, a public you know, service. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Your I mean, if they duty. don't have any light in their house, you should stand outside with a torch directly outside of their bedroom window um, just in no. case they need to get up at night. And also, I mean, it's there really is a gas fun. shortage. Gas is really expensive. You're just, you know, you're helping them out with their with their energy bills. Yeah, yeah, helping yeah, the yeah, heat. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Pakistan's also facing its worst economic crisis, leading to gas shortages, power outages, and rampant price increases. And in Argentina, inflation has hit nearly 100. percent um, Whoa. So uh, according to Malaysian economist, economist uh, Jojo Kwame Sundaram, uh, the global economic instability is largely being driven by interest rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve, Yay. which directly increases borrowing costs for poor countries and devalues their currencies compared to the U.S. dollar. And also, he also says that intensifying uh, the intensifying U.S. economic war on China is also hurting many countries of the imperial periphery that are linked to the Chinese industry. Hmm. Who would have expected this? Um, so as you can imagine, this is this is bad. Um, some countries are now uh, protesting against this. Um, some of the some of the and by the way, uh, if protests aren't being covered by us or by by the rest of the media, it does not mean that they're not happening. Uh, this is a very common uh, tactic that these just like protests are just not covered. Um, but yeah. the protests that we do uh, that I can speak to is in Lebanon. Uh, Lebanese protesters are uh, attacked at least six banks, setting some on fire as the Lebanese pound hit a new record low. Uh, since 2019, the pound has lost 98% of its value. And uh, so protesters are accusing the Lebanese government and banks of failing to help the people. Mm. Um, and then in Iraq, um, protests recently broke out in Baghdad over the plummeting value of Iraq's currency, the dinar. Is that you say dinar? Yeah, I think so. People say different ways, but maybe it's just like an accent thing, you know? Like something. Yeah, I'm probably butchering it. I apologize if I am. Uh, But yeah, so so uh, that that's that's what's happening, chat. It's not great. It's not great at all. Mm, Not great at all. Um, Well, it looks like my next is the next news story. It's time to talk about what everybody loves to hear that's right it's how jeremy crumbly is the worst thing in the world and he must be destroyed literally george owen 1967 animal crossing mm. well actually yes unironically isn't it yeah. this next story 1969 have sex with me who is <laughs> who who is the most accurate depiction of a cartoon version of Stalin in the world? It's Keir Starmer, that's right. Um, but let's face it, even Stalin uh, understood the working class and class consciousness. So, you know, um, Keir Starmer has basically made a decision this week um, saying that, yeah, we're not having any more left-wing Labour MPs. It's not happening. Jeremy Corbyn, he's not allowed to run for MP in his own constituency, um, which is absolutely uh, fucking absurd. Yeah, he's you know, been an MP they for really like, hate him. <laughs> they really, been, that's he's been an MP face. for like 40 years. Like yeah. He's been serving this, yeah. uh, this borough for a really, for, for decades and decades. He's yeah. literally the most progressive mp that you could possibly look at over the last like like sophie says 40 years who has really been on the right side of history on pretty much every single issue um and keir starmer who is now the only option now chat you know we've spoken today about 
Um, and we're going to be speaking today about trans liberation. We, you know, we speak a lot of the time about marginalized people, um, you know, migrants, uh, the houseless, trans people, queer people, uh, racialized people. And, you know, there are, there are two major political parties in, in the UK. There's Labour and there's the Tories. And you don't really have much choice of getting any other party in other than those two. If you're going to vote, that is. Um, and what kind of option do you think that the marginalized people in our society have right now in our country. They don't have an option. Keir Starmer is not, um, you know, going to um, make the lives of migrants better. He's actively said that we need to enforce our borders more. He's not going to make the lives of racialized people better. He's actively said that, you know, people are going to be, uh, he's going to be tougher on crime. And we all know that the biggest... Pop, pop, uh, Starmer. You know, the, the, the biggest uh, victim of, uh, you know, uh, police brutality, etc. Um, you know, which is the only thing that goes up when governments say they're going to be tough on crime, uh, are racialized people, you know, black and brown people, migrants. Uh, and of course, he has several vocal transphobes in his party. Um, you know, this is not good. And this man is not your friend. Electoral politics will not save us, chat. You know, uh, I cannot confirm listeners. or deny whether my planned action has anything to do with Starmer. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, if people are going to be organizing um, to make a protest, if people are going to be organizing any kind of direct action against um anyone who is like you know should be really the 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 one hope that people have of having a better life than we currently do under the tories then it should be Keir Starmer that that's happening to so yeah absolutely uh so just a little key points about this news story um there are other left-wing labor mps who have expressed private fears that they could also lose the labor whip after this because of course there are other progressives in the labor party but there's so few and small um compared to the, the amount of just neoliberal centrist wankers that of course they're afraid that this is going to happen you know we're talking about bell ribeiro addy um we're talking about uh dawn foster i think her name is um and there's a bunch of other people like you know predominantly women of color as well important to note uh and and again the labor party has still not addressed um the ford report which exposed uh, a wild amount of anti-black racism uh in the labor party so you know this is um understandable that, that, that these folks are worrying um about about their position in the party. The move is also put into question the future of the campaign group Momentum after Starmer said those who did not back his leadership should leave the party. And Momentum is a grassroots group. And, you know, unfortunately, they're not getting it. They're legitimately not getting it. They are saying that they're determined to remain a Labour campaign group and support Labour candidates. Maybe they'll figure it out. I don't know. Maybe one of them's watching this show. I don't know. Maybe you could take a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, inspiration from what we're talking about here so uh yeah anyway the, the determination of the group to remain influential within labor is a strong hint it would not campaign for corbyn as an independent candidate although no final decision is to be taken uh, until corbyn himself takes one um the party is likely to spend suspend any members if any members if they support corbyn against a labor candidate though the former leader has said his initial in intention is to exhaust all routes to run for labor um but left-wing MPs have described the feeling like they're being closely watched for transgressions, with one describing as it having to watch for traps being laid for us, second-guessing whether we're being set up 
and allies of Starman now hold the main levers of power in the party uh, and say the strategy of rejecting the mistakes of the of the Corbyn years, especially the top of anti-Semitism, is reaping major rewards in the poll. Apart from there isn't actually any anti-Semitism, <laughs> and it was all made up. And if you watch the Al Jazeera, the uh, uh, the Labour Files documentary, you will learn a lot of stuff about how that was all made up. Um, yeah. You know, and I made a joke about Keir Starmer being like Stalin at the start of this. Uh, and there are a lot of political pundits who are also doing this. And I'm not going to lie, chat. It sounds like he's being a bit like Stalin. Like he's legitimately just like going, yeah, we're just going to rub you out, bro. If you don't believe in what we believe, we're just going to rub you out of the picture, literally. So that's what we got to look forward to in the UK uh, 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 amidst <laughs> climate crisis, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the cost of living, all these Love horrible this. things happening, you know. So, uh, yeah, we've been covering the French protests um, as they as they develop. Uh, so last time we checked in, they were still, uh, yeah, people were still out in the streets because they were raising the pension from it's just two years from 62 to 64, which seems like a little bit, but it's actually it's a huge amount. I mean, it's, it's yeah. huge when you are 62 and you want to retire, but it's also that's the time that the government holds on to the money, it's sitting in a bank account generating interest and, you know, they're wheeling and dealing with the money, whatever. Um, also, that's two years that the person is remains in the workforce and that they are, you know, like paying taxes, doing all that kind of stuff. So even though yeah. it only seems like two years, when you think of two years per person, it stacks up. It's like billions and billions of dollars. Um, and so and yeah, older so, years, these are not like young years, these are older years. <laughs> like, you need to retire. Like, this is like you want to retire, but you're at the hardware store greeting people coming in and out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. just like this isn't like you know, the prime of your career sort of thing. So, what they've been doing so far, we've seen this, um, happen a couple times is so one of the really big unions, uh, basically, so CGT is what they're called. And we've talked about them before because they began as a coalition between a whole bunch of different leftist groups in France back in the day. It was like anarchists, communists, everyone, like they got together and they were just like, fuck it, one big union. And, um, so they have a lot of sway in different industries, particularly the power industry. And so they've been doing things like shutting off the power to, um, specifically to politicians homes. And then like on other days, they'll give, you know, like free power to the poor neighborhoods, things like this. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they have been, uh, lowering the actual power output. So, Apparently, um, they're saying that this isn't enough to affect the average like working class person, like end user or anything like that, but it could affect like, you know, like bigger businesses, things like this. And so they've been kind of like turning the knob down um, on power to as as a way of um, like, this is a protest that they're doing in because this is a, you know, like it's a working class protest and they they want to affect the people that are. You know, like we're the board, they're class enemies, basically. You know, so they've they've been trying to stage actions that benefit the working class and uh, hit back at the capitalist class. So, well, at the capitalists, um, yeah. So they've been doing stuff like that. Uh, this last one, they have they say that the turnout was a little bit down for this one because um, I think in the past, like the the street protests were on holidays, but they have 
there is um, school holidays coming up soon, so they expect the numbers to rise again. But um, yeah, they they on the street their signs again. One of the best ones here was um, "Why not sixty nine years if you're going to screw us." Um, <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Or that's the second most... 69 joke of the podcast know, yeah. what, a, what a sexy um... sexy show you're in my yeah, goodness yeah. but then there's like other signs like one saying retirement before arthritis which is like a good point right it's like mm-hmm. you know like when you're at that age you're gonna have like health complica- complications and things like that I mean a lot of people already have you know these problems a lot younger but mm-hmm. like you know it's kind of like these are the years that you should just be able to put your feet up a little bit, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're trying to maintain a steady kind of like pace of these actions to keep, they want to keep up the momentum, keep up the mobilization against this reform. Um, and yeah, they're saying that like the numbers in the streets aren't as important to them in the scale of, you know, what they're doing. I guess that means because they can, they can perform these actions you know, at the power plants and stuff with purely the workers, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, um, they're promising. They've got another one coming up on March 7th. That's the next big one. And they're saying they think that'll be the biggest yet. And they are promising to bring France to a halt. They say, we're going to block everything on March 7th. Everything everywhere must stop. So that's um, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, the former presidential candidate for the, um, the, the lefty French party. Uh, called LFI, or what is it? France Unbowed, the LFI wow. party. And um, yeah, that's what he said at a march in Montpellier. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. So that'll probably be, um, there'll be what? There'll be two Red Planet streams in between then. Um, and it'll probably happen the day after our stream then. But it'll be uh, really interesting to see what happens, what they mean, because of their pull in various kind of infrastructure industries. Um, it could be, you know, like they literally could just stop France, you know? What if they turned off all the power and, you know, like just said no, like for one day, you know? And if they give yeah. everyone enough warning and stuff, then they can say like, hey, look, you know, like this is what it's come to. Mm-hmm. so um yeah really interesting to see how that will develop um but yeah what sophie why don't you tell us about um what's going on in texas with um yeah absolutely property stuff yeah so chinese citizens in texas are uh rightfully outraged over plans to stop them buying property um basically uh the, the texas legislature which is horrifyingly fascist has introduced a bill uh, SB 147 that would make it illegal for Chinese citizens to buy any property in Texas, including homes. Um, it's been getting steam over the last month. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty horrifying and it's, it's like I say, so um, there have been big protests. Um, Asian residents say the legislation uses national security as a guise to further target and scapegoat the communities. They are angry and they're questioning whether they're truly welcome in Texas, which seems like they're not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is really horrifying. If people aren't familiar, the Texas, the, uh, yeah, the, the GOP, the Texas GOP is, is absolutely fucking awful. Um, By I, the way, it's not exclusive yeah. just to China. It also includes other countries. Uh, I oh, believe right. North Korea, Iran, and Russia as well. Mm. Maybe others is, but, but, but yeah, but it's important yeah. to just, just, I think that the anti-Chinese sentiment is, uh, it's pretty profound. <laughs> yeah. It should be definitely focused on. Yeah. It's like something that's come up quite a lot. Like, uh, you, I mean, I guess it's like this whole kind of like 
orientalist like kind of you know evil Chinese kind of um narrative that's yeah, cynophobic. Been pretty pervasive. Yeah, very cynophobic, um, kind of narrative that has been like it's it's been a thing in you know the empirical for a long time. Um in I remember there was a lot of that growing up in New Zealand. There was a lot of this kind of thing that like people talking about like, oh, you know, all these Chinese people are gonna move in and they're gonna change. You know, it was like really like um white replacement kind of shit where they were like, oh, they're gonna, you know, change everything. And like even like I've seen people that have um in recent years completely like made, you know, like on on national news and stuff, they put out big stories about like, oh, you go downtown Auckland and all the signs are in Chinese and they'll just like Jesus. go to a street that is basically like kind of like, you know, like our version of like Chinatown or whatever uh-huh. and just like look at one side of the street and they'll be, you know, and it's like, okay, well, if you turn to the left slightly, you'll see there's a lot of English or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Our Labour Party, even a couple years back, they were trying to do this whole thing about like, because um, we do have, we well, uh, they're changing now, but we've had a lot of legislation that has allowed foreign investors to buy a lot of property in New Zealand, which is part of why our housing market kind of sucks or whatever. But um, the Labour were trying to push back on that, and they just did it in the shittiest way, where they were like, they basically looked up all property owners with a like a Chinese sounding last name or whatever, yes. and they were like, look at all these, you know, like foreign, you know, these wild foreign people that own all our land and all our houses and stuff and a lot of them were like New Zealanders you know like fifth generation Chinese New Zealanders or like a friend of mine who's like Polish was in there but like his name is kind of like I guess it kind of sounds like it could be Asian or whatever so it's just like this thing where it's like even that's like you know like that's our mainstream kind of like center-left party the one that's in power now that's like you know like holding up the phone book looking up for like you know Chinese names or whatever it's fucking wild like this is like not just a a Texas problem you know this is like a very um a western kind of yeah xenophobic thing yeah Yeah, it's it's true in the UK as well like here in Manchester we do have like a lot of um Chinese students living here and there is a reason for that and I can't remember what it is someone did tell me once from like a non sort of like racist xenophobic perspective like um but yeah like that is that is sometimes used as like a a, oh my god uh, all the all these chinese people are buying these like student flats and stuff like that and it's like no they're not that's not what's happening like they're coming over here and they're renting it like everybody else you know what i mean and they're studying and shit like that like you know this isn't like it's it's not some white replacement thing, um, you know, and and they kind of like use it as a way to be like, oh, all these new developments in town, they're like, uh, uh, they're ruining the skyline, and it's all because these like Chinese immigrants are coming over, and it's like, no, no, like it's you have no idea about how the the you know investor <laughs> buy to let yeah, market yeah. is is ruining the country. The Texas GOP is pretty horrifying. I uh, had a read through the Texas resistance to the Great Reset uh, policies recently um what yeah 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 it's part of the gop platform in texas it's it's pretty wild basically um it's a bunch of stuff that's trying to eradicate trans people um christ we oppose any state formula funding or graduation requirements and divisive curricula inconsistent with the above including marxist anti-american critical race theory multiculturalism or diversity equity inclusion courses we oppose public funding (laughs) public funds for homosexuality transgender or diversity equity inclusion centers 
Public universities should be required to complete a comprehensive program of instruction in Western civilization, American institutions, and free market liberty principles with censors and funding uh, dedicated to that task. Public universities should be required to comply with the above before tuition or state uh, appropriations are increased. This is what they say North Korea is North, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, what yeah, they yeah, say yeah. North Korea is like, but they're yeah, doing yeah. it. Those Chinese re-education camps. Yeah. yeah, but it's freedom this time, so it's different. <laughs> Yeah. Gender identity. We oppose all efforts to validate transgender identity for the purpose of attempting to affirm a person age 21 or under if their perception is inconsistent with their biological sex. No medical practitioner or provider may engage in the following practices, intervene in any way to prevent natural progression of puberty, administer or provide opposite sex hormones, perform any surgery on healthy parts of the underage person. Um, so this, that's an example of uh, a Texas legislature. So I um, So yeah, these uh, Chinese citizens in Texas uh just to say yeah they're 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 rightfully angry because these absolute fucking ghouls are trying to ban them from being able to to Mm. buy property um hundreds marched through austin and dallas in protest of sb 147 on january 29th uh since then the movement has only grown across the state and last week um wu luo and a thousand other texans uh held a rally in houston uh, stop Asian hate and stop Chinese ex- exclusion, some of the signs read. The bill is un- unconstitutional and unlikely to pass, one expert says. Legislators use these kinds of bills to pl- to just play with the Chinese community here and appeal to their voter base. Luo said, China won't get hurt at all and the Chinese investors won't get hurt at all. It's the people here, the non-US citizens, Chinese immigrants, mm-hmm. who are the ones getting hurt and totally destroyed. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, solidarity to the Chinese community and in Texas, that's fucking horrifying, and I hope they can. I hope they can stop it. Yeah, terrific. That's the thing, right? It's like even like when it was kind of going down in New Zealand. There's like, okay, cool. That we can have like a discuss a discussion about the legislation that allows like offshore investors to kind of like invest in New Zealand property as like a you know like it's a prospective market and all this kind of stuff. But like instead they're just like no we have to blame the mm-hmm. you know like the the asian sounding people mm-hmm. that live here you know like it's like it's you know like it's like our government that creates the legislation that you know like if you if you give people some kind of like you know like a, a pathway to accrue wealth then they're gonna do it you know so mm-hmm. if you you know if you make it really e- if the national government and John Key make it super easy for, um, you know, like uh, particularly through trade deals with China to make uh, it really easy for people that don't even like live in New Zealand to buy houses and stuff here, then they're going to do it, you know, like, they're, like, that's like easy, you know, like, um, but instead of, yeah, instead of talking about the politicians that do this kind of stuff, it just comes down to, you know, Asian students, people with, Christ. with, weird sounding you know last names to them or whatever it's um yeah it fucking sucks it's ridiculous it's very very not big yeah. brained not, not poggers at all kira do you want to tell us about the uh sudden stratospheric stratospheric warming oh um i <laughs> yes you can do yeah. it I believe in you. Um, there is um, <clears throat> the world is currently great. I want to just I'm gonna pull a, a like a I'm gonna pull like a when you you're not prepared for a presentation, so you just paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, <laughs> it. Um, the chat. There is a stratospheric warming event, and it is sudden. 
So now the world is bracing for it. So are you saying that that is a sudden stratospheric warming that is what event, I would sometimes say, yes. referred to as an SSW event? Is <laughs> that, that is, a... in fact, what I am saying, yeah. yes. <laughs> Did you know that the SSW phenomenon is linked to the polar vortex? And this is Whoa. an area of low pressure across the North Pole that forms within the stratosphere during autumn. And more information about solar radiation <laughs> further <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> can someone pick this up i don't know what i'm talking yeah, about no, okay <laughs> so um we don't we don't need to go into too much of the solar radiation kind of stuff but um they say ssw events are actually common they occur every uh occur two in every three winters it says so um yeah it's, it remains unclear how climate change is going to affect these events in the future but um yeah so as so it's a, it's like a low pressure vortex and you know like with air pressure and stuff when it's like when there's low pressure it like pulls in other stuff and you know because it kind of mm. creates literally creates a vortex like an area that has to be filled sort of thing and that's where we get these big you know winds spinning around all this kind of stuff like like I've been getting down here for the last mm. couple of weeks um but yeah uh so but the thing is if the there's if the temperatures there's like I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the science is but it's like there's something that happens that can cause the temperatures to rise up really quick which means that it's kind of like the opposite starts happening and it starts spinning around the other way and stuff so um yeah it um it's pretty wild it's like not yeah so say it's like not super uncommon but they're getting worse so um yeah i guess we'll we'll see how it develops but um this definitely like kind of fits into um like the i guess like the pattern of like increasingly extreme weather events where mm. it's kind of like okay cool yeah like we've always had cyclones down in new zealand but now the cyclones are getting worse and now you know like we do have floods but now the floods are getting worse like the floods getting higher and all this kind of stuff so um yeah like you know like uh areas like they're saying like in argentina where it's like you know it's normally pretty hot but then they've had like eight heat waves this summer you know like which is like just wild um and just an average you know the temperatures are just higher than normal so um yeah, I think uh, this is something that has, like, been pretty core to, I guess, Red Planet from the start, like, kind of talking about how the whole, like, you know, like, the climate change and the state of the planet is, like, directly linked to capitalism and, you know, the greater economic system and stuff like that, where it's, like, this is... Um, you know, like this is becoming the new norm. Actually, who is it? Someone said there was someone I saw on Twitter. I think it was someone else from another podcast. Maybe um, I think it was uh oh, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. It said that like climate change, uh, the reality of climate change is seeing an increasingly um increasingly grainier held handhold handheld phone footage until you're the one that's holding the phone. And I feel like that's exactly what I've been feeling like the last couple of weeks or whatever, where it's like all of a sudden I'm the one that's making the videos of like the flood coming up to my doorstep oh, and like, you know, all this kind of shit like I that. It's you like, you're watching all these like, you know, cell phone footage and shit. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, actually I'm the one making the video. Oh now. man. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty hectic. Um, but they say that like, uh, like the, this particular event is kind of like, it's not just like 
you know, like a little storm out in the Pacific or anything like that. It's like, this is like something that actually affects weather patterns across the entire planet. So, you know, it's like, we could see if if these are getting worse and worse, like think about just like giant storms (laughs) engulfing the, uh, the planet, you know? Yeah. Um, It's it's pretty wild. We're going to see, we're going to see weather that we've never seen before. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to become like, I mean, it already has kind of become the new normal, especially like down here. We're just like getting so used to these events now over Mm. the last couple of years. And um, yeah. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, they, they always like tell you, well, I mean like, so Met service and everything like they, well, that's agency we have here. There's other agencies. They know all about the stuff and they tell everyone about it. And no, none of the businesses, none of the governments really take any action until it's, you know, until they have to admit that like, okay, this is actually happening on our doorstep and stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah, the only path, well, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Jojo Pepin chat saying, please, I can't do another UK heat wave. Like, yeah, the, yeah. the summers here have been absolutely fucking crushing recently. And they're yeah, just yeah, getting yeah. worse and worse. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's going to be worse. Between like the being hotter than ever to just being like wet and, you know, like just like it has been like flooding and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's wild. But that just is. Just turn on your air conditioner. Just crank it up even higher. That's what I yeah, think. yeah. yeah. And one, yeah, it's wild seeing the actual, you know, like with this flood, we had entire towns being swept away, you know, like it's going to take years to rebuild some of these places. Imagine if that's happening like, you know, once a year, you know, or like multiple times a year. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, but yeah, so expect some, um, expect some spikes in, in, all kinds of wild weather due to this thing uh, coming up sometime soon. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about any more of the science on this one, so I don't know exactly how um, how it might affect particular areas or anything like that. But um, yeah, woohoo! I think, think you did a great job, Tim. Tim, you <laughs> smashed it. Kara, yeah. you also smashed it. Oh, what? That's what way, I'm saying. It... And Sophie also smashed it, even though she didn't say anything at all. Oh, because thanks. We're all just her. really based here, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just want to point out Nats in the chat saying that the fire service was straight up telling us that with the extra burden and the budget cuts, they would straight up not be able to show up every time. And the exact same thing has been happening in New Zealand. We um, oh covered it a little God. while back in the news. It was um, a big strike for all the, because over here, it's like a largely volunteer firefighter service. And yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's wild. They're you know like the amount of work they're expected to do purely because no one else will do it, and they they kind of have to. They're like, yeah, no, like we are just going to do it. We we're going to do our best to go out and do these things. So you know, like the government goes like, oh well, you know, like they seem like they're doing okay, right? Like they they're going fine. They're doing they're doing their thing. That you know mm-hmm. they do a good job. It's like a, a tremendous kind of like cost to themselves you know like working wild hours um doing call out after call out all this kind of stuff and um you know it's like a one service that i would say well i mean it's one of many services that literally everyone in society benefits from having you know like firefighters and emts and all these kind of things and uh yeah yeah but continuously cut by uh, austerity so you know 
By the way, yeah, by the police budgets, though. By the <laughs> way, Tempura Shrooms, I believe, found the quote you're talking about. Um, climate change will manifest as a series of disasters viewed through phones with footage that gets closer and closer to where you live until you're the one filming it. Oh, there yeah, you go. That's, that's exactly what I was that thinking. That is of, a great quote. A much, a much better phrase. Um, phrase. You, you did a <laughs> so, great job making make, yeah. like explaining it. So, but yeah, so, that's a great quote. So we're going to talk about trans liberation, what it means and how we get it. Uh, and to do that, we have a wonderful guest who talks about trans stuff online. Uh, it's Katie <laughs> Montgomery. Hello. Hey, Katie. Yay, it's me. Hey, <laughs> it is you. Why don't Hi. you introduce yourself for the people who may not know you? Hello, I'm Katie Montgomery. I'm a dickhead who argues on the internet, and I'm also a trans person and a feminist. Yay! Ooh, yay! yay. Uh, I feel like everyone in this uh, on the stream is some variation of the above. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to just make myself more distinct, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm also a guitarist in the thrash metal band. Has anyone else got that? Oh, sick. <laughs> uh, no, not well, not at the moment. All right, no. I'm the thrash um, one. I'm not yeah, even yeah, a real DJ. Band. I just yeah, made yeah. it up for clout. Like it's just complete <laughs> bollocks. I've been in um an industrial black metal kind of thing, but uh, no nice. thrash. Sorry. So. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, cool. Yeah. So there were a lot of, uh, protests this week. Um, yes. yeah, the one I was at, it was a bit of a confusing vibe. Um, people didn't quite know what they were politically asking for. And I thought that's something that we could talk about on the show. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a vibe of like people were, there was a lot of radical energy. People were very wanting something to be done. Um, as I said earlier, it was very cool that they gave like tried made, really made an effort to give the mic to young trans people and trans people of color. Um, but yeah, there there was a lot of um, talk of, and this is kind of a common theme at trans protests. There was a lot of like trans rights are human rights. Um, but I think that we could, yeah, talk about like what what are the trans rights that are being denied, and what does trans liberation look like? Katie, right. do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I feel like people are very misdirected on this and I get really frustrated on it. Like, I mean, a good example is the Gender Recognition Act, which has been one of the major things that people have been talking about for ages, which, which isn't really a big deal compared to other things. But when whenever anyone goes on any kind of media, you know, like on the radio or on the TV or whatever, and they're like, oh, why should we reform the Gender Recognition Act? And people say things like, oh you know what well, makes people feel nice and valid and um like oh and it's important because of equality and, and and lgbt rights are good and like there's no like tangible argument or, mm. or, or something to convince someone if i say oh we should pass this law because trans people are like they're important people and then someone else is like they're going to put rapists in men's prison in women's prisons you're like whoa okay well there's absolutely no contest in this at all but instead we should be going up and saying you know what what why we actually need this law you know who it affects what how in what ways it affects people and then being ready to obviously explain why the other side is completely bullshit but i think with any of these protests people say things like trans rights are human rights obviously we need a slogan it's mm. a fair slogan the slogans can only ever convey so much information but like you know, we should be saying, why do I need a fucking certificate to get married? Like, that is bullshit. Yeah. Why, when some child dies, do they have to be misgendered 
in, in the death certificate. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to wait six years in order to get a piece of paper saying what my genitals are just so I can, you know, get the rights that everyone else has? And yeah. I mean, that doesn't fit on the sign, but that's my overall thoughts. <laughs> yeah, like there is, um, there was a petition going around in the the wake of uh, Brianna J's murder um, that was saying like reform the GRA so that people can get um, posthumous GRCs um, for for dead family members. So that's a and... good petition, but that is an example where like because uh, some of my friends were like, oh, we'll try and make a petition for this, and I was like, right, yeah. so we've got to pick a catchy slogan, and we spent some time discussing it and stuff and then someone else did one which is fine and it's good people have taken initiative but the petition is like allow the gender recognition act to accept posthumous gender recognition like no one gives a fuck what any of this means it doesn't mean anything to anyone and you'd have to say do you know what a child just died and for absolutely no reason at all they're going to be insulted at their funeral like that's what it should say and we all know about the petition system that the Tories have set up, right? You know, the reason that they made this portal, if if, if our listeners are unaware, like the Tory party, uh, we're getting way too many. Uh, Change.org, uh, what's the other one? You know, all these different positions, like petitions oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. People were bringing them to like, you know, the, the MPs were going, uh, my constituents have brought this petition to my attention. And so they were like, no, we're not going to listen to any petition unless it's a properly filled out form on the Gov uk website you have to confirm it with your email address and maybe if it gets ten thousand signatures we'll address it and if it gets over a hundred thousand then maybe we'll debate it but also they just don't like they simply can just choose not to do that um and it would not surprise me if the transphobic tory government decided not to like you know do these petitions even if they did get past those uh signature levels so i find the idea of like go on katie Oh, I'm just saying lots of things. There was um, one which was, uh, it might have been the Gender Recognition Act reform when they decided to drop it and people uh, got it past 100k signatures or whatever and they're just like, nah. But I do think, I still think it has some value because when, if we get a petition that if, if, if we got a petition that said, stop insulting dead children at their funerals it's like the headline and they got 100,000 signatures, the government's going to do nothing. They've decided transculture war, that's not the point. The point is then all the media can go, oh, this is a big deal. Well, we're going to have to, I even agree. If the, you know, the Times yeah. might have to be like, oh, they want children to have respect. Disgusting. But like, yeah, at least yeah. they'll have to say something about it. Um, but I found the idea of like the family having to collect um, evidence for like doing a GRC, like really mm, uh, yeah. horrible. Like, um, it's disgusting. Yeah. Don't find that to be a, a particularly appealing reform at all. Um yeah so people um if people don't know about the grc like is i'm not used to calling it the grc i usually call it something else um but it's a it's a it's a it's a little license yeah (laughs) it's a little license to say what gender you are yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah something like that um and um yeah to get it you have to submit evidence that you're that you've been living as your gender and as your name uh like every uh three like evidence from every three months i think from your from how long as you've been doing it if if you uh what no one has to say if they have one i got one recently and it was a fucking ordeal i submitted 45 pages to the the thing uh they they wanted i I had i gave like a a letter from every single year that i'd come out which was like seven or eight or something um but i was talking to one of my friends and she came out in like 1979 or something and she's like, 
how am I going to do this? Like, how does she prove? Like, does she just have to lie? And so she came out in 2015 because... Yeah, right. And probably, I mean, you have to lie to cis people at every single stage of the process anyway, so... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, total bullshit. Yeah. I do like uh, what you were saying. I Well, I'm interested in what you're saying about that, Um, you know, like, uh, getting... Having, like, if you get it in the media, then, you know, like, they have to kind of, like, confront it or whatever. And I see, like, there's, like, a logic there where it's kind of, like, you know, if you, if you make, if well, if you, like, name the protest something that is, like, really hard to argue against, you know, like, if you have a slogan that is, like, mm. you know, like, something that no reasonable person would find objectionable or whatever, then it's like kind of like moves the goalposts for your enemies to kind of like complain like that. Actually, we do want to insult dead children or something yeah. like that, you know, like that, like the controlling do, the framing. To be clear. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, we do, but we don't, we just want to do it, you know, like we want to do it through anonymous Quietly. Twitter accounts and, yeah, you know, but, um, you know, I find that really interesting, like, a, you know, like as a way to, attempt to I guess like to control the framing because a lot of the time you just don't you don't get that or you know like a lot of the time it's like you're in such like a hurry to get something going that people don't you know really kind of like take that on board and that's a great cat Katie just just picked up (laughs) for the podcast listeners Katie just picked up a a super adorable kitty cat this is Poppy super cute calico cat Mm. oh a baby lovely and she smells very nice she likes chin scratches it looks like she does oh Oh, little squinty eyes oh my god she's so scrunkly she's getting all scrunkly scrunkly (laughs) she's a good scrunkly (laughs) but uh back on topic (laughs) what what are these transgenders want (laughs) yeah so um I think the like this gender recognition act reform is kind of such a rubbish thing. Like it, it would, it will, it would actually be good if we didn't have to submit forty-five pages and wait seven years in order to be able to be called the right thing at our wedding. Like that, yeah, that, that would be good, and that's kind of what Ideally. we're asking for. It's such a minor step, but it's actually fucking garbage. The gender recognition act. Like they have a central list of all the trans people in the mm-hmm. country. Like. That needs destroying straight away. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do we even need to beg for some fucking certificate of the government in order to get married anyway? No we one else. Found out recently to. that if you get a GRC, then your um, then your taxes are dealt with by the same office who deal with uh, MI6. Yeah. Yeah. You have um, a special your, code and everything. Yeah. Your your all your previous tax records get like sealed and uh and, and managed by this office who who deal with like the sealed records and um yeah the other thing they deal with is like mi6 agents i, I had a really f- fiasco i did my first ever tax return because of like youtube stuff um, mm. and like my other job and um i got an accountant to do it because i couldn't possibly do it and my also hack. my company had like changed name like halfway, and he was like oh this is interesting like you've only got seven months of pay slips here like Where's the rest? I was like, oh, and he's like, I can't, can't access it for some reason. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I think I think we've got around that. But yeah, like the reason I was bringing that up is because I, I feel like we often get caught up in these kind of little legal battle things. But I mean, ideally, what we want, or, or what I personally want, speaking on behalf of all of the transgenders, yeah, like we want some like 
That's why I'm asking Do- you. you speak document, for us. yeah. I am. I am the chosen one. We want like <laughs> document equality things where we don't have to have pointless extra burdens in order to get through life in terms of documents. But that's like a kind of minor part, really. One of the most important things we want is like access to basic healthcare, um, which is like a really key thing, particularly in the UK, where the healthcare here is just effectively non-existent for trans people. And I yeah. think that's one of the major categories. There's like documents, there's like healthcare. And then I think there's things like um, equality in society, where it would be good if we weren't attacked on the street, um, which actually happened to me last weekend. Was it last weekend? Oh my God. Yeah, which was I'm bad. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, I saw your tweet about that. That was fucked. It was grim. Uh, yeah not the worst one i've ever had but um so and and to not so for example uh, some statistics i recently discovered in doing a talk was um 20 no 25 percent says one in four of all trans people in the uk have been homeless at one point in their life compared to 0.8 percent of cis people yeah 66 percent of trans people that's trans men and trans women have been sexually and non-binary people have been sexually assaulted compared to an already horrifically high, like 30% of cis women, yeah. something like 5% of cis men, which is 5% of cis men is way too many cis men being sexually assaulted. Uh, you, I mean, obviously zero is the optimum number, but it, it's obviously a huge problem for trans people particularly. And these kind of things, like you can't really legislate around them directly. You can't be like, oh, we'll just bring in a new law, banning sexual assault against trans people. And the problem goes away. So in that case, we need things like, um, and I think this comes under the banner of like trans rights or trans liberation is like teaching about LGBT people at schools and just being like, you know, they're normal. And it's also, it's bad to grab the genitals of a cis person, but it's also, did you know? Bad to grab the genitals of a trans person on the street. People in general. yeah. Yeah, you know, they're all... We just teach that trans people are people, but I do think that there are some, you know, we can do a science and work out what kind of things are going to benefit this. Yeah. Um, but and and that's kind of why you often see. Sorry if I'm going off on one here. I could talk about this forever. But, no. And a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, like it's kind of why you see the gender criticals pushing back so hard on everything related to trans people at all, even stuff that doesn't affect them. For example, the Gender Recognition Act reform. In yeah. one. In one sense, this is like a, a proxy war and they just hate trans people and they want to argue against everything trans people. But mm. another thing is, if there, were, if it was something like, okay, well, you know, can you just let me wear a trans badge at work or something? They're going to push back against that because it's normalizing mm. trans people. And mm. that's, that is a, a, a step in the fight towards trans rights is showing yeah. everyone that we're normal. So I think like the big groups for me in my mind, and maybe I could easily be missing some, are like document stuff, because we have to deal with documents, healthcare, because that's like a huge part of everyone's life, but particularly for trans people, mm. and then social like equality. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. In, um, in a Nazi word for a Nazi thing by So Maya, um, Maya talks about the, um, about section 28, and them not being able to learn about um, about uh, gays and lesbians uh, under Section 28. For those who don't know, uh, this was a piece of legislation that was enacted for decades in the UK. Mm. And um, 1989 to 2003. 
yeah it, it banned the uh it banned the teaching about lgbt lifestyles and the, the promotion of uh homosexuality and um maya makes this point about how they were learning about the holocaust and they couldn't learn about um the 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 extermination of homosexuals under the holocaust because um that would be implying that that shouldn't have happened right so that would be promoting it and um so like teaching about the holocaust would was was like yeah affected by section 28 and i you know the, the government's trying to bring in similar stuff now to stop people learning about trans people and now um, they're all in my fucking mentions being like actually the nazis like lgbt people which is genuinely a common gender critical talking point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We love a bit of history revisionism, you know, Ernst Rome. Yeah. yeah. He didn't exist. No, they didn't kill him. No, he actually died of natural causes. That's what happened yeah. to him. <laughs> no, he's still alive yeah. today. He's, he's a TRA. True. You're right. Yeah. Nazi. That's the Nazis bad. love yeah, fucking yeah. trans people. Have you seen that yeah. one picture that they all show of like four Nazi soldiers wearing like um, coconut bras and hula skirts or something oh my god and they're like what? they go the nazis love trans people there's the evidence oh, are you, de- oh, wow. are you denying yeah. the evidence in front of your very eyes i said something <laughs> about posey parker um doing a demo and one of these turfs replied to me um trying to stop a woman from speaking that's very hitler of you sophie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is like, like it's so gross because it's so pervasive and disgusting and horrific yeah. and fascist but a lot of it is just extremely laughable, isn't it? It's like, like how, yeah. how do you, you know? This is why I love transvestigators so much. But so they're the people who think that everyone is trans, and they're mm-hmm. like, it's like something off because, of like Brassai or a show like yeah, that, right? It, it's, it's so like... good because they're like a form of transphobe, and they're all fucking hilarious because they're so mm. stupid. But they're the ones that have no political power, so yeah. that's why I love them. They're like. They they transvestigated uh, uh, Joanne herself as yeah, well. Oh yeah. Were, yeah. Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, a big yeah, trilogy. They did transvestigation was... on a grape. Yeah. I've been transvestigated. <laughs> I've been I've been yeah, transvestigated yeah, multiple right. many times. I still am, and uh, I, that's where I learned about the Q angle. Apparently, my Q angle yeah. proves that I am trans. So right. I, I guess Mate, I'm, I can I'm see trans. your chromosomes from here. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I think I saw when I joined the chairs disgusting <laughs> <laughs> they are wild yeah it's um it's it, i i feel like because it was like a huge movement of people down here doing that with um they were like transvestigating just into arden and it was like wild to see that even the people that are like just totally brainwormed out on all kinds of stuff were even like okay these these people are these are the weird <laughs> ones it's like it's like and to be honest like i don't see uh i don't see a huge difference between them and a lot of the other you know like the kind of like weird like QAnon offshoots and all that kind of stuff mm. but it's like wild to me that that's the bridge too far for a lot of a lot of people you know like yeah, on the um on the nazi thing we we're just saying about um, where it's sort of stopping even teaching about the Holocaust. I don't know if you saw, yeah. but Germany actually had a case where a gender critical person said something along the lines of, I can't remember, paraphrasing, trans people didn't suffer in the Holocaust or something. Oh my God. And someone accused her of being a Holocaust denier, which in Germany is quite a big, that's a big, that's yeah. a big claim. I mean, you know, that's, that's all of us. Yeah, yeah, there's like um, actual yeah. legal kind of And she sued them. She sued yeah, them yeah. over it and she lost in court. And the, the <laughs> German court said, like just came out straight and said it's Holocaust denial. Brilliant. Oh, and, and back to add Lamau. 
I've had, <laughs> I've had three large pylons for, um, uh, as in a pylon of people, not pylons, um, of um, <laughs> uh, gender criticals calling me an anti-Semite because I said it's Holocaust denial to say that LGBT people weren't affected by the Holocaust. And, and obviously all, you know, explaining that they weren't the primary targets and all these, not just being like, this is a big, this is a big thing for LGBT people and no one else, but, and, and it's, yeah, it was kind of a, I felt like hashtag Glinner um, vindicated when, uh, when that happened because it meant I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I wanted to talk a bit about how we organize towards trans liberation. Um, because I feel like there aren't really ideas kicking around. Uh, I feel like there are, there will be. Um, as I was saying at these vigils, I feel like there was a lot of restless radical energy and people really wanting something to be done. Um, but I just don't know, yeah, what we kind of, um, how to approach the problem, the, the, the problems rather, uh, uh, as you were saying. We do, yeah. it does feel very reactive. I, I feel like I'm I'm not like a... A strategy, a, a political strategy person, because I, yeah. I, I kind of just want to say what's true, and then people just accept it or prove me wrong. Um, but obviously, that doesn't really work. But like, I, I often feel like um, either I'm reacting to something the gender criticals have made up, or I'm yeah. reacting to some political game they've made because they've been st- strategizing for months on it. Um, and I do sometimes. Part of me is like, well, can we not just copy everything they've done? Just accept they're better at politics than us. Copy everything they've done. Start holding hate rallies or whatever, you know, um, and and talking to MPs and making shell groups and all that dishonest bullshit. We could do the same as them. Have crowdfunders and just embezzle the money and then have another crowdfunder, um, allegedly. And um, <laughs> or, or we could, but there must be better things because that you know historically they're all really like right-wing things to do um yes and we must there must be some historic left-wing things to do um yeah to my mind the biggest things that we can do to uh damage the political mainstream are to um to stop labor winning the next general unless they support trans rights um like to to put pressure on them to yeah i mean yeah (laughs) um basically to yeah to, to to shame them over it I think that's like one of the biggest things we can do. Um, there was there's a cool um, documentary people may have seen called Rebel Dykes, um, where they they talk about some actions that uh, lesbians did in the 80s um, in response to Section 28. Um, they did a thing where they uh, abseiled into the House of Lords to raise awareness um, so nice. of what was going on. It was yeah, very very cool. And now yeah. and now you can't actually get into the uh, the the visitors gallery of the House of Lords anymore because of them. Um, and they, um, the lesbian Avengers went to uh, J.K. Rowling's personal friend and gender critical activist Baroness Nicholson's house. Ooh-wee. and uh, like busted in and had a picnic on her lawn. And demanded that she signed some official uh, document saying that homophobia was bad, and she refused to. Um, <laughs> can you imagine, right? Like yeah. in 2023, if a group of trans people turned up at Baroness mm-hmm. Nicholson's house and had a picnic on her lunch and asked her to say transphobia was bad, 
Can you imagine what the fucking media would do? It'd be all about yeah. doxing and death threats, and She'd release know, these the trans dogs. people should be in prison. And yeah, because like, that happened with um with uh, Rowling, right? Like someone like she was accusing people of doxing her or whatever. When it's like her address is like public, and it's mm. like very, it's like she lives in a fucking castle, you know. <laughs> like, but that, yeah. that that I think that's like why this is so difficult is they have such a a media dominance, like like complete media dominance in the UK that when two people turned up outside a castle with a sign that said like trans kids deserve to live or something that was yeah. a, that was a media loss for us yeah, because exactly. suddenly wow. it was about do, do you believe JK Rowling should be threatened in her house it's like yeah, no yeah, I don't yeah. they're like well they go end of argument it's like well that isn't even arguably what happened yeah, no. but that that could have been you know turning up at someone's house and holding a sign uh, if they were a fucking baroness or a, um, you know, whatever mm. she is, queen of something, hi. But like, if you turn up <laughs> somewhat, I'm not saying turn up at some rando's house, but like, yeah, um, I'm not really condoning but turning like, up at people's houses at all. Still, but it like, could have been a media power, way. you know. It's like I think yeah. it's yeah. like if you are if you're a billionaire, if you're a you know a politician, and you have like this amount of sway over other people's lives, I think it's like to me, it is like so it's like ridiculous that they think that they should like live in a bubble where the world mm. can't hurt them or whatever i it's should like, be allowed to yeah. destroy people's lives and then have no repercussions exactly and have that's a what, nice that's what lunch. I mean, right yeah yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. The, it's like the, oh no you should be able to go you know like go to a go to a little cafe or whatever and no one should be able to come up to you and say you're a piece of shit like no like i mean like i feel like you should be able to if you if you see someone that's done far less than that you should be able to tell them they're a piece of shit in public so you know it's like yeah, yeah the bar is um yeah i don't know i think i'm but it's like um yeah i mean you're right that they have such a grip on the kind of i guess like the pundit class you know like the media or whatever like even down here in New Zealand, it's like there's the New Zealand Herald will just like publish these like ridiculous like transphobic pieces or whatever. And it's like even against their readership, their readership will criticize them or push back on it and stuff. And they just keep going, you know, and it's mm. just like a handful of people that have just this tremendous voice, you know, it's yeah. fucking wild. It, like it, they, there's just no, there doesn't seem to be any rules at all. I mean, maybe mm. the media's always been shit and I've just not noticed, but <laughs> you know, privileged enough to have escaped it for most of my life but like mm. just yesterday i think the guardian published an article about spain passing their uh like self-id law mm. and obviously it was just such a clear feminist win they're like oh we're the first country in the world to give like days off to people on their period and like oh you know we're doing self-id for trans people and we're also banning conversion therapy and we're also letting uh lesbian mothers count as the mother of the child and like all of just a huge group and the guardians like oh they passed a controversial trans law despite protest from feminists and Jesus then they're like Christ. other countries they're like some countries in europe have uh, already done this law but many of them are regretting it already <laughs> for example finland and sweden who have recently backtracked and it's like wait hang on finland passed their self-id law literally this month like yeah. the second of february yeah. 2023 there's yeah, no we backtrack going yeah. on there like... in, in what, and sweden hasn't even debated it yet so they had yeah. they only proposed it in september 2022 so it, it completely fabricated they're and probably thought... they're probably referring to the sweden thing there was a thing this week where uh sweden oh they're not banned... gonna pass it 
No, yeah, they're, they're talking they about it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. but they right. haven't backtracked because they haven't actually done anything. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's God. it's just reaching, right? It's reaching. I want to point out the absurdity that like a trans person's existence is contingent upon them becoming like experts in like the legislation of of oh, like, yeah, the yeah. world, <laughs> like having you to know everything, track yeah. all these laws, and it's just like you have to be able to like what an absurd kind of burden. like um like you have to know a tremendous amount of like just ridiculous like mm-hmm. arguments and everything well, yeah. and be able to counter them at a moment's notice mm-hmm. you know it's like and, we and have it's... to be- we have to get degrees in endocrinology and philosophy mm-hmm. yeah and law like philosophy is bad enough and then law is even worse but i have to learn all these fucking sports rules and like <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I don't ever want to talk about MMA. Like, what you? Why do you think about? I became a woman? I don't want to <laughs> talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It is very tedious. No, like, and and the thing is that passes for an argument to like liberal cis centrists, where um, you know some idiot will turn up and they'll be like, "What about Finland and Sweden? They recently backtracked," and they were like, "No." Oh. And like, mm. hang on, like, it, you know, I happen to know about Finland and Sweden, but if they were like, you know, name two other countries I don't know about, Romania and Latvia recently backtracked, I'd be like, well, they may have. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know about the, the gender recognition. Well, I do actually know about it in Romania, but I don't know in Latvia. Um, and so, and then they'd be like, oh, well, there, there you go. I think this is like an important point to sort of mention to cis people like this is why it's so important to be an actual doing ally right because you know uh, we have two trans women here who are talking about how hard it is to actually like you know literally fucking exist and all the you know extra bits that come along with that and you know it's not hard for a cis person to like if you hear someone saying something vaguely turfy about like what they think about trans people right yeah if you know what's going on if you if you actually because you know we have more fucking energy like you know uh even uh and giant in, in the twitch chat was saying like it's exhausting right it's far less exhausting for cis people and that is why we need to be you know learning this stuff learning the turf stuff and pushing back against it like i genuinely as as like a cis bisexual man like i i genuinely do not understand cis queers who are not like terrified by this stuff like they're not even trying they're not even showing any form of allyship about it because like under what pretense do you think they are attacking trans people like if you think it's solely trans people again you're wrong like they're coming for us all the time like they're coming for us too um you know in in a way in a way the lgb alliance types makes more sense than the oh well shrugging types because lots of these you know oh trans people are disgusting um cis gay people the reason they're doing that they're doing this performative like oh i'm not trans i'm nothing to do with trans people don't hurt me because they're scared because in some sense they can see this rising homophobia and they they think either directly think oh it's because of trans people or they think or they subconsciously are just like if i distance myself from all the people who are getting the flack then maybe when the next thing happens it won't be on me next but but (laughs) the people who just aren't doing anything like how i don't know it's just like sort of turning your back on it and just waiting for the train to hit you yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, it literally is it literally is it's like oh sorry go on 
no, I was, I was just I was going to say, and it's, it isn't it's like not just gay people then, because obviously women are on the train track and like anyone who's affected by fascism, which is like most yeah. people um, <laughs> are on the train track at some point going to be hit by this bullshit. And like so many of their arguments um, are uh, they're not just like we can point and say, oh, this is a fascist adjacent argument or this is what the fascists say. But it's not just, oh, they're a fascist hiding and, and they're letting out in the form of gender critical, yeah. which is true for some of them, but is radicalizing people that way. And like yeah. an example is when this JK Rowling thing we were just talking about, fucking hate talking about JK Rowling, but you know, someone mm. turns up at our house with a sign saying, let trans kids live or something. And then everyone pretends it's doxing and everyone pretends it's really bad, even though they don't really think that. Some people kind of buy into that idea. Then when uh, the Supreme Court bans abortion in the USA and everyone turns up outside Brett Kavanaugh's house, suddenly you've just been arguing that people shouldn't turn up outside people's houses with signs. And yeah. so now you've got to say, oh, well, okay, well, I, I might not agree with the idea of banning abortion. I don't think they should be turning up at Brett Kavanaugh's house. Yeah. And now they've radicalized you on this idea yeah. that people should be able to live in a bubble. And it's the same, like so many of their arguments, if it's like, you know, you say, well, you shouldn't be insulting children at school. And they're like, well, we should be allowed to insult any child we like at school. And then they bring in a law saying you should be allowed to insult yeah. children at school. Then they're going to be picking on the minority religions. They're going to be picking on the ugly kids. They're just going to be abusing yeah. children at school. And is that something you want to defend? Well, you have to defend it because you were just defending it for trans people. Yeah. I can't and imagine Keir Starmer's takes on, on uh, transphobic bullying. Does he, does he have takes on trans people? Does he care? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. His take Just is quite obviously, yeah. His his take is quite <laughs> obviously. I don't fucking care because there mm. are transphobes yeah. in my party, and I'm not going to do anything about that. He spoke to the head of Mumsnet, and he said that uh, trans kids shouldn't be allowed to change their names without uh, parents' permission. Oh mm. yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Even just speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. to someone from Mumsnet, like, yeah, yeah, he's a horrible guy. <laughs> Random vibes. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's like as trans people, we can't like withhold our labor. Um, like, I, I think we're all we... unemployed. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like it, it's cool. It's been cool to see like in the last week a lot more um, not trans focused organizations starting to care about trans rights oh, yeah. and and to like step up a bit. Um, there was um, lesbians and gays support the minors, which is obviously uh, got a, a, a trans focus. Um, at the at the vigil that was really nice um there were some other people there as well i can't remember but like it was really it was a, a really cool like um recognition of the common struggle that we have mm. um as the most targeted groups in the uk um yeah and i think it's important too like we're saying cis people you've got to fucking learn this stuff true but I, I guess to trans people watching, like we have to, I know you already have to learn too much stuff. Yeah. But you should be at least aware of these other struggles going on. Because trans people, like it winds me up when people say like trans people are the most persecuted minority in the UK or something. Like, do you even know what's happening to like travelers rights? Like, could you even tell yeah. me? Yeah. Like, right. I, I, I'm just vaguely aware of it and I'm privileged enough to it not threaten my life. Yeah. Uh, or, or you know my livelihood um but they are a group that is being absolutely like destroyed mm. by fucking tory party and they're not the only ones either um and i i at least be ready and and don't start like you know if, if you're a, a cis person who is some other minority that is trodden on by the tories 
And then you see a load of like, you know, middle class trans people who are, you know, obviously most trans people aren't in that group, but there are some people and they're the ones who are more able to talk about it because they're more resources, example me, saying like trans people are the worst persecuted people in society. You just be like, oh, I don't really yeah. I'm not like gonna the GRT them. community is experiencing genocide. And yeah, yeah and if, if we're not at least prepared to listen, like that's the absolute yeah. bare minimum, mm. then they're not going to listen to us, are they? And I think that's totally justified. Like, I I know that some of, the, I get the feeling sometimes when someone's like, what about this issue of these people? I'm like, I don't have emotional space for another issue. We're yeah. being, but then that's what they're thinking. And that's what the other group are thinking. And then we don't build solidarity because mm. we're all overwhelmed. Whereas if we did, we could take some of the weight off the shoulders like it's much easier for me as like a white person to argue with a racist than yeah you know someone who's affected by it and in the same way that it's easier for this person to argue with a transphobe in in that sense so um yeah i feel like in rant mode sorry no no (laughs) i feel like this is the show for rants yeah, this is it. This is this is this is what we're here for. <laughs> I feel like targeting the media would be a very effective strategy in the UK, at least, um, because we could. Um, God, my brain is all over the place. Um, we could ha- we could really use that solidarity with other groups. Um, like everyone, like fucking hates the media and the the journal class, right? And like we could really bring bring together a, a solid coalition of people. Um, the GRT community would be a great example um, to, um, yeah, to like interrupt the, 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 the BBC, like. So if this isn't uh, my place, you know, feel free to say, but this is something Shut that up, I've been, sis. I've been, yeah, you know, like totally get it. Fucking you know, sis lord. I, I stay in my get lane. But this is something that like, I've been thinking about aside from, the blatant anti-trans stuff in the media, but also like the anti-migrant stuff as well, is that like, if there was some kind of like a fund, yeah, I don't know, to like, because at the end of the day, I know not many people buy the papers anymore, like the physical fucking papers. I know they get them like delivered to the house. Like people aren't like going to fucking, you know what I mean? Like the the corner shop or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But like, maybe there's some way we, that you, that we can make like a statement about that. Like where we like, either intercept the delivery of newspapers to fucking stores in the morning, stop them from being delivered or some shit, buy a bunch of papers, put them outside, stand with the papers, talk about like, you know what I mean? Have like a demonstration there outside the store and say why it's bad, put pressure on the people who supply those papers and the advertisers on the uh, online uh, versions of, 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 of these, you know, journalistic outlets uh, advertising you know I mean? is a huge one right like that's like yeah, w- yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the ones that really um like i mean that's like that's the thing right i mean and this is this is goes back to i mean i feel like i'm always bringing it up but um the propaganda model that um chomsky put forward in um manufacturing My boy. yeah and it's like advertising is such a such a huge part of um of newspapers and magazines and it's like literally a lot of them function as businesses that like the advertising is the main thing it's like they're not yeah. selling the paper they're selling the people that read the paper to the advertisers mm-hmm. so um yeah that is like a really like a key way to put pressure on a lot of these media entities it's by um yeah just fucking uh, hounding the advertisers 
Yeah. Yeah. The MM1610s so- just said Liverpool did that with the sun. Yeah, that's the um, yeah. that was the focus of my my first uh, speech um, uh, trans rights protest. Uh, my uncle was killed in Hillsborough, and um, yeah, like Liverpool. Um, if if someone tries to sell the sun, like people just walk out of their shop um, mm. and give them shit. Like it's it's yeah, it's 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 impossible to sell the sun newspaper in Liverpool. Where's the solidarity um, with Liverpool from every other city? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we, I mean, that's great. Like it's just transparently good. So why? Yeah, I find it, it. I find it weird down here seeing so many places with like the sun, um, like signs for the sun. Um, yeah. On the on the stop um, funding hate thing, there's an organization called Stop Funding Hate, and there's a, an American one called Sleeping Giants. Um, I recently did a talk on combating hate at Edinburgh University, oh. um, which was good. Um, but I got some quotes for that. So like the the editor of the Daily Mail. Um, was actually changed uh, and they admitted was in part due to stop funding hate getting all the advertisers to pull out so that she oh, like wow. changed a person in like in part yeah, and the, the editor of the express said in an interview he was influenced by stop funding hate to cut islamophobia out of the paper and hmm. but then they got a new new uh, editor in this back um yeah. gb news said the advertisers pulling out had limited how outlandish they could be so it's affecting oh, them <laughs> and the last one there's this amazing interview it's got like the who's who of all the american dickheads you know it's got like steve ballon and milo Yiannopoulos and like all those kind of things and there's like a secret recording or whatever of it and steve ballon said that 90 percent of their revenue in one year was cut off by uh sleeping giants just ringing up all their advertisers and being like don't advertise with nazis yeah, right. But, that so is like, so based and speak uh, to like. Oh, sorry, Kate, you got one. Saying uh, the last thing I'll say is Richard yeah. Wilson from Stop Planning Hate said to me, uh, I've been involved in campaigning for 20 years, but I've never seen a tactic that's had such a big impact as this, even when it's run by just a group of volunteers. So that yeah. is so, so like exactly right. So that's so, so good. Like we have to figure out if we can get these lot to help with trans stuff right you know like (laughs) i think it's like there's so many businesses that are just like they're so like they're you know it's like they're terrified of getting like you know it's like the equivalent of being like cancelled or like me too or whatever like that you know and it's like which is kind of funny because it's like yeah i don't know like the whole thing with that is like it's kind of like it doesn't really i don't think it really affects individuals as much as it now has the power to affect businesses maybe you know like um Mm. but uh yeah you know like so sometimes it doesn't even like take that much just to call up and be like hey look you know you've been advertising with this group or whatever um you know like because in in New Zealand we've had it there's um there's like a little kind of right-wing conspiratorial YouTube channel and stuff and they've had sponsors before and people have called them up and been like oh hey yeah you know these guys that you sponsored, like, have you ever actually watched, you know, their show and sent them a couple little clips and all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, you know, this is just, you know, like someone that got in touch with us. They said that they did a little, you know, like just like a little news show or something like that. I had mm. no idea it was like this, you know? So um, whether or not that's, you know, true, whether they did know or whatever, just the attention that it brings to them is usually too much for, um, you know, for an advertiser. The, they just don't want to have their brand associated with that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's like two ways to, to do this. And one is like do local stuff. Like if it's your local whatever shop is advertising with someone or other, and yeah. you can go in and talk to them. But I I don't know, I find that quite intimidating. And 
and like that could backfire on you and stuff i and i'm sure that works and that probably does yeah. work if, if everyone did it then that would probably be the bigger effect but something i've been wondering about and this will probably get clipped out of context but there was this kind of concept from um when like anonymous and um like lulsec and and like the mm. sort of 4chan days when they ruled the internet um of like i can't remember what they called it, it was like the ion cannon or something and basically their idea was you just pick one thing uh it doesn't really matter what it is <clears throat> one thing you don't like and everyone fucking goes for it like yeah. it, it's like all at one in it you could pick a single shop <clears throat> sorry um and and this is why they were bad and did horrible things they would pick like a single shop and everyone would like ring them up and send them pizzas and you know make up stories about them and write to local newspapers and all the, and obviously they did loads of bullshit black cat stuff but if if in taking away all the immoral stuff we had like the equivalent of this this like iron cannon thing where it was like you know if, if one if, if it was like sainsbury's advertises yeah, yeah. with um, you know, GB News when they do some transphobia segment, yeah. we like we could write same reason. Then the next day it's Waitrose, and the next day it's Morrison. If instead we're just like right, fuck yeah. all the others, everyone, the trans community, we're going all and then same reason. I'm just using you as an example. I apologize. I'm not accusing you of anything. But if, we, if they were to, then we could just go like everyone, just fuck Morrison's. We're going yeah. for same reason, and then it will become a thing. Like it'll have to become yeah. a thing, and then all the others will be like, uh. We don't want to be next. So then... one, go on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so so <laughs> one one thing about phone banking, as it's called, um, this is something that we do at GMTU, uh, the Tenants Union. If you're unaware, uh, Katie here in Manchester, uh, basically we will just phone letting agents or landlords that we know are like fucking people over you know not private numbers but like business numbers um and we don't have a lot of volunteers in gmtu like we do not have a lot of volunteers here and it is extremely effective like sometimes it can just be i don't know three people ringing the number like once every i don't know hour or something and it will cause such a fuss in the letting agent or, or wherever it is that, you know, these people are forced to act in some way, uh, uh, even if it's like, uh, so actually there was a, um, I was I was talking about like, uh, you know, we talk about like the most base thing we did this week. And I was talking about a member that we helped on uh, Thursday and we did phone banking for her. And the first thing that happened um, after like the end of the day was like someone got in touch with her from the housing association and said, are a bunch of your friends like calling us and, and trying to <laughs> trying to trying to get us to like do stuff. And she was like, yeah, yeah, because you're just not, <laughs> not doing what we want you to do. So like all my friends are, are basically calling you and saying, you know sort this out so it, it's extremely effective and i think something like this could really be organized uh to have a, a massive impact to be honest so so in terms of organizing it like um oh with with like how 4chan did it they they kind of have their like hive mind thing but then it gets momentum on their boards and then it becomes a big op and they all just blindly follow each other um and i i, I don't think that's the strategy because the trans community isn't so organized. I think when you're motivated by hate, it's much easier to just all be on board. You can easily put your disagreements aside. All of fucking gender criticals find it easy to team up against us, but we all seem to hate each other. So it's much harder. But I wonder if there was just some kind of like 
actual organization i mean even if it was just like a group of us made a website and a twitter account and what have you and just rather than try to follow all of it because i know that you know someone like transmedia watch tries to follow every single anti-trans article if we just like picked one a week and we're like can all this is our campaign for this month or this is our campaign mm. for this week can mm. all of our followers write a letter to you know this company saying I don't approve of this and we only have to focus on one we even spend two months on it or something and then move on to the next one mm -hmm. and and it's just it might give some people some focus and people have this like spare energy like what can you do rather than saying like write to your NP about conversion mm -hmm. therapy be like send an angry email to mm -hmm. I'll pick on Morrison's this time um you know it might it might be a thing I have thought about yeah. making groups but I don't know I don't know then, then I feel like am I just copying the GCs and just having like a a bullshit mm. shell group where I claim to be more important than I am. Just so I <laughs> no, I think that like if you have something <clears throat> like that where you know no one is the spokesperson, it's democratically, horizontally, you mm. know, organized where everybody you know has the same kind of stake. I mean, at the end of the day, if it's mostly trans people, you all have the same stake in it, right? You know, this is activism that needs to be done. Um, and, um, yeah, like at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't worry about uh, people maybe seeing you as like, you know, trying to do something that you're not, I would, I would like first and foremost be like, yeah, it's actually good that you're thinking like that because that means that you're not going to be that person. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Again, like phone banking, super effective. It, you can do it from, from your house. You don't have to be outside or whatever. And, you know, I think that like. I would definitely be down for doing something like this because at the end of the day, it's actually really easy. And in fact, this is something that we did a while ago, right? Like, like, um, I can't remember who was the initiator of this, <laughs> but like the Lily Cade thing and people writing complaints right. to the BBC. And, you know, even though that wasn't like that effective, the, the advertiser thing, sounds surely more effective than that and we the were BBC able to are much more immune to it than right than most right and and but also like in terms of um you know how easy it was to mobilize people to do this stuff then potentially there's there's, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff that could come of it right i yeah i was gonna say i personally really love the idea you're proposing um one of the reasons is because it allows for actual results to be like like visible results that can mm. be celebrated by like a collection of people. Cause right now, like as it stands, it, it seems like there's a lot of uh, re requests to like write letters and, and doing th this and that, but it's not a folk. It's not a, it's not like a centralized, this is what we're doing. Like you're describing, which leads to a lot of efforts everywhere, but no like payoff, you know, not like the the eye, iron cannon thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and I think like seeing this concerted effort made, and then seeing an actual payoff, which I, I feel like it was extreme, way more, way more likely to occur if everyone is, you know, focusing on like one particular uh, business, for instance. Um, I think that that would not only be effective in, in reaching the goal, but you're stating, but also in the in building morale and building a sense of like community, like communal effort, actually getting results. Um, I, I I think that that's a fantastic idea personally. So I think, um, yeah, and, and uh, your point about results is really important because when you say write to your MP about conversion therapy, write to your MP about Gender Recognition Act, 
we all know that is not going to do anything <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, it, the Tories aren't going to pass those things they're just that's not going to happen if it's going to happen it's going to be in a future government and not only that but likely they will attack trans rights and it's so demoralizing and when it's like write a letter to your MP like um, maybe it will do something maybe you'll win over your MP whatever but like it feels helpless whereas if we were like let's get Sainsbury's sorry Sainsbury's to stop advertising <laughs> with GB News like that's a real thing that might happen like that mm-hmm, but could mm-hmm. and you see so really right on um on it like building mm-hmm. morale and stuff mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting yeah, to right? diminish the screaming into the void <laughs> feeling that I think a mm. lot of us feel yeah. you know and I think like I think there is like there's the potential for a kind of um because I mean for like for most people it's relatively um like a, a mass campaign where everyone's just like you know writing a letter or email or whatever to you know a particular advertiser or whatever is relatively low effort I mean like I have seen in the past people will like make a template but I know that a lot of yeah people these days will be it can filter out a template like uh we even have a thing for um when you're petitioning parliament if up here if there's um if there's too many that fit off a template then they just completely you know uh disregard all of them yeah but just to write a short you know email or a letter or something like that whatever even just seen like a social media post something like that I think is pretty it's like something that anyone can do and you know you see this before like you know people like just set up like ridiculous campaigns to be like I'm gonna like you know we're gonna fucking ratio Elon Musk or some shit like that and it's just like it's so easy for people to just go there and just like write a comment click a thing whatever like that and it's just like imagine if we were doing that for something like more tangible like in the it real cost someone world, money. You know? yeah, it cost yeah, yeah, someone yeah, money yeah. it'd make a difference i went to talk mm-hmm. to my mp about trans rights and he said that he'd uh had a visit from some concerned parents of a of a trans kid and that they were his constituents too and he had to care about them um yeah mps suck yeah, yeah it's very yeah. tedious yeah. some someone else talking to the other day wrote a letter to their mp and then they wrote the mp wrote back recommending some like Helen Joyce book or whatever. <laughs> oh them. Jesus! So um, yeah, my MP so said bad. if you experience a hate crime, make sure to report it. Yeah, the Just police. Problem solved. Advice. Famously, the yeah. best friends of marginalized individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'm. I'd, I've got a lot of energy to like do some organization thing. I think it, if we. So Sophia, I didn't. When you were out the room, we were just saying about creating. I have some my headphones on. Oh, okay, make okay. it. I she like heard us all. She hears all. <laughs> Even the insults. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but making some kind of thing might be, might be good. I would be a thousand percent down to join, and I'm pretty sure Red Planet would endorse wholeheartedly. There was a group in uh, France called Act Up who um, invaded uh, media offices um, to to try and talk about. Um, the AIDS crisis. Mm. Um, I think that that's like quite a powerful action. Like getting, yeah. Like I think they, um, I think they went in via just like tours of the offices. Um, although it could be confusing that with rebel dikes. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I'm like just... you're the dude who gives the tours around the office, and just like forty trans people turn up one day, just like. We just really want to see the the Times' HQ. Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
that's over there. It could be possible. It could easily be possible, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think it'd be like in Star Wars, it'd be like, we don't deserve your kind in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is so like, I think just going back to the sort of like why it's so important to tar- target the uh advertisers of media in general and the media like sophie said Mm. is because you know these are where people sort of like pick things up on the grapevine it's actually like rare even people right so my mum gets the times right and she said to me literally today that she will never ever 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 see my partner as anything other than a woman and she's a trans woman and she knows this right and it's like so okay so the times is being extremely ineffective with her even though she buys it right Mm. so it's not fucking working so i think the way that these things work is that if people are not like actively hateful they, they pick these things up on the grapevine for example uh, a friend who is like not very political was around helping me film for my next video this week and told me that he was in a group chat where people were talking about people being pushed to the Tavistock. So the whole Tavistock thing, um, for anyone who doesn't know what this is about, gender criticals and turfs have this um, just horrific ideology, uh, sorry, this horrific uh, made up uh, 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 fear that uh, people in the Tavistock are pushing people uh, specifically, they focus on people with autism, which is problematic in its own way, um, in, into uh, uh, transitioning, basically. That's that's this. The, it's the, the gender-critical conspiracy theory. And my friend was talking about this. And it was very fucking easy for me to turn around and say to him, bro that's fucking bullshit like what are you talking about like that not only not only has this like never happened and not ev- even measurable in any way whatsoever but the Tavistock is closed bro like it's actually like closed recently Still like raising you know, the gaze you know what i mean it's 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 like and and there are no replacements happening like do you yeah. genu- and i and i'm saying to him i'm there and i'm asking him like do you genuinely believe this do you genuinely believe that there are like these mad scientist doctors they're going ha, 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 yeah it's time to trans the children like it's nonsense bro like what do you and he was like yeah fair enough man <laughs> <laughs> i think one one easy if if someone wants like uh an easy argument strategy because you maybe you don't know what the Tavistock is and someone says they're trans and autistic autistic people and you're like oh well I don't really know all of it every single one of the arguments you can just be like oh did they say this about gay people and the answer is yes like gay people are more likely to be autistic and autistic people are more likely to be gay and same with trans people and autistic people like that's just a correlation we have for whatever reason and like so if you if someone's like oh they're trying to trans the um you know, force transgenderify um, autistic people. You can be like, "Well, are they trying to do that to gay people?" Like, yeah. Uh, do you believe right. that? Like, when when yeah. the fucking Republican wackos say that to you, are you like, "Oh, yeah, maybe that's true," or are you just mm. like, "That makes literally no sense." Um, <laughs> yeah. The media is um is not uh, popular. <laughs> right. They, uh, right. This I think that. I think the GB News is a demonstration of that. Like the people, people really want like um, they want they want news from people who acknowledge. Uh, like GB News on the on the face of it, it seems like it's um, so reactionary, um, and it is. Um, but I don't think that it's. I don't think that's the the the, the big draw for it. I think that people's people are drawn to GB News because they 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 don't trust any of the mainstream news, and they want mm-hmm. they want news from people who 
like get why that is. Can I just while we're talking about GB News, th- this is real, by the way. This isn't a joke. Ooh. This actually appeared on their fucking thing. I got happened. nominated on GB News for the Greatest Britain. Oh wow! One what? One of their presenters. Li- literally, real happened. I can. Well, send there you, you go. If you want to see it, I want to see it. I'm gonna watch it on my stream tomorrow. Please send it to me. Okay, it is. It is uh, mad. So basically, they have like three presenters, and they're like, um, "Who do you think is your greatest Britain?" And the first dude's like Kemi Badenoch because she's putting it to the woke people and getting rid of these transgenders. And then the next person's like, "There's this child who." climbed some mountains to raise money for charity like which is an incredible achievement and then the last person was like katie montgomery <laughs> i was just like what incredible. and then it's hosted by dan wooten and dan wooten personally hates me because i i humiliated him on twitter once and he had to block me and like block everyone who was liking my tweet and stuff Amazing. and so so he's like and moving on and this is like so quick he's like it's obviously oh. Kemi Bade Notch. moving on moving on anyway uh, it's just so funny it's yes like well there you go so i'm in the that top three greatest britons of all time along Incredible. with a child who actually did something good and the worst person <laughs> in the country. <laughs> the, the GB News is, and I, you're right, Sophie is a great example to bring up because if you think like, I went, so when GB News start, first started being a thing, I was like, right, okay, I have to stop this. Like, this is, it's my mission to stop this. Like, this country is so bad. The last thing that we need is something like Fox News. And I started looking at a bit of it on my stream, and um, I noticed after a while that they have Neil Oliver, the guy from Coast on. <laughs> he's but so he's, funny. But he's turned into like a, a wacky Willy Wonka, like, I don't know, uh, he believes in conspiracies, he believes that everything is is uh, uh, COVID related, and he just won't shut up about that. And it's so upsetting. Like, I used to watch Coast and be like, yeah, this rocks. Like, it's like, just a nice, relaxing thing to watch on a Sunday night. And now Neil Oliver is just, I don't know, he's like the Alex Jones of, of Britain, isn't he? Like, sort of similar, like, God, it's so bad. Um, but yeah, like, what you know, I love about him is where he does these, like, he looks at the camera, like, direct on, and then, <laughs> like, it zooms in a little bit, and he's like, duh, 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 trying to ruin your life. And he does this really heartfelt speech, and then it just gets wackier and wackier. <laughs> it, so it, he, it does escalate. Like, he starts off, because that's how he does it, right? He, ch- mm. I, I think, I feel like he must have, like, watched people who are good at convincing people before, because yeah. what he does is he tries to lead you in with, like, a very normal statement, like, 1984 is bad, isn't it? And then, and then later on, he'll be like, "Well, that's why we shouldn't have vaccines because they're transing all the kids." You know what I mean? And it's it's like it just goes wacky and, oh yeah, it's it's so very thoroughly upset. Worth watching. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good point that like I was kind of scared of them, and I I was scared of um, uh, like all the media, like. The you know Daily Mail is read by the most people, and like the Times is still considered respectable, unbelievably. And I was like, man, they're pumping this stuff. The, the Times did three anti-trans articles today, <sighs> um, and and at yeah. its peak, the the British media was putting out I think eighty eight in a day in yeah. a part twenty two uh, yeah. across the the mainstream media. I've got this yeah. uh, chart actually, which is um, perhaps I'll put it on my background. They but, did um, they did that one that was like the Tavistock's erasing gay people um earlier today 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the like targeting and erasing gay people. Yeah. Um, but but then you're right. Like, how effectual really is it? Obviously, the fucking wackos believe it, but the, the gender criticals already believe it, and they yeah. didn't. I think you know I, they're not being convinced by arguments. I mean, I think we all know that's true. Um, so they're being brought in and emotionally, and reading some story about um, you know how whatever is going on they don't really care all they want is this kind of gut reaction horror yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and it's yeah. it's things like there's a man man in a women's prison imagine being locked in a room with a rapist that's that's the, the thing they go and the other thing is they're like they're harming your children but if you're not won over by that and if you just like oh hang on what's actually going on here then it's not really going to work on you um yeah so it i guess do I, I'm still right now at the beginning of teaching myself to not panic about the media saying something bullshit because it is more toothless than it appears. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think that a, a media protest could go down really well. Um, and like they would, they would have a hard time reporting on it. Um, yeah. I think we could build, well, they, yeah, they wouldn't. Right. But like, I think we could build really solid, solidarity with a lot of people um and a lot of people would be really pissed off um at the media uh yeah yeah i mean perhaps we need to find <clears throat> i mean immigrants are another group media is really going after at the moment yeah uh, what Always. are the other main ones maybe grt we just need, yeah we need to pick like find some uh like what am i trying to say alternate universe version of this crew here who is currently arguing about those things and bring them all together and do a team effort. Fuck the times. Hell young yeah. people. Huh? Young people. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The the British media class hate children. They yeah. Fucking hate children so yeah. much. It's so weird. Sarah Ditton yeah. does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It this country is so depressing. I can't wait to really visit y'all. I'm going to show you the nice bits. The, <laughs> the, nice bits <laughs> the jokes on you, there are no nice bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there are some nice bits. Yeah. The further away from the people who read the Times, the better. Very mm. true. Very true. <laughs> I'm just right, gonna I think we're... Also Sorry, go. I think we have a, a decent list of uh, questions right now. Um, should we get started on them or should we... Can I just try and get up one picture because it's relevant to this topic and then we can uh... so this is this is um this is a correlation, not causation. I'm not saying that these two things are caused, but I think there's a pretty uh suspicious graph here. Here is hate crimes in the UK against trans people in red, and the number of anti-trans articles per yep. um month uh in blue. And yep. as you can see, they're both going up and they're getting faster. So that's pretty uh mm. horrifying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, this this peak here, where there is in one month one thousand one hundred anti-trans articles in the mainstream British press, is like it's, it's truly unhinged, isn't it? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. In what world? They're, like, we're one percent of the population. Like, how mm. how do they have this much to say? Unbelievable. How? Yeah. Like, it's. I always think of this thing. Like, I feel like there's a few classic trans adages, and one of them is men treat trans women in public how they treat cis women in private but another one is once you post transphobia you don't go back and i genuinely think it seems to like rot people's brains in some way 
um, yeah. where they just can't. Like some of these journalists only write transphobia. Like, yes, that's yes, the that's job. Right. Yeah, yeah. To write two transphobic articles a week. Yeah, like it's 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 obviously something, and this was like something that was voiced about in the vigil. I went to the uh, Brian Ajay's vigil in Manchester, and um, you know there was a parent of a trans kid there, and all she was talking about was like you know parents of trans kids are all the time terrified by all these different articles that come out and you know it's it's like you know at what at what point is the life of my child gonna get you know so fucking bad do you know what i mean due to the fact that these articles exist like you know the the, mm. the life of my child will be at risk not that it will be so bad it's already bad um Man, that, yeah that an article just absolutely it, nailed it Oh, is one? it? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen this. Like I saw people talking about it today. It was like, um, it's a journalist's sacred duty to cause as much harm to trans people as possible. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. nailed it. Yeah. That's really like, funny. They are extremely obsessed with trans people and, you know, it's, it's just, it is, it is disgusting. And I wonder, I wonder how similar it is because again, you mentioned the daily mail thing and they had to stop Islamophobia, right? Tone it I, down. I wonder how much they never stop. Right, exactly. I wonder <laughs> I wonder how much of this is reminiscent of those types because I remember the the campaign against uh, not just the Daily Mail but all the the same rags, the same fucking hack job <laughs> journalists in some cases um you know back in the day about Islamophobia um in in these institutions and and so like you know i wonder how how similar the numbers are like you know did were they publishing a thousand anti-migrant articles a day at one point were they publishing a thousand anti-muslim uh you know what i mean it's like it it's probably worse um, i mean right right and and it's like so i and i think that that's that's an interesting thing to just think about because it's like well if a targeted campaign about stopping hate in the media, like, well, didn't work, didn't win entirely, but like was extremely effective for that, then we could be very hopeful for, mm. for a similar thing, right? That's true, yeah. So, oh. um, with hey, that, this, sorry, just on that number, this says, yeah, 78%. This is from The Guardian, Wretch. 78% mm. of the stories featuring Muslims have negative themes, and that's based on an, an analysis of 11,000 articles in three months. <laughs> <laughs> 11,000 in three months of 2018. Yeah, so there was a similar thing down here with the um the New Zealand Herald in regards to articles that it was publishing about, um, about Maori. And it was like, they had to do this big public apology and they put a big thing on the front of their cover saying that they were going to do better and they weren't going to be Good. shit. And that they'd had this big review or whatever like that. And then it's like, absolutely nothing has changed, but now they have like, you know, like pretended that they felt bad about it once, I guess. Like, yeah, it's fucking wild. Like, Yeah. So we have a um, very uh, uh, lot of questions now. A very lot. A very lot. Yeah. Listen, that's the correct English. Yeah. All right. 
Um, so let's i am the expert that's right tim thank you i invented english it's my language um so let's crack on we have a question from mannequin first and mannequin says katie why are you the best that is my question by in capitals in capitals as well so you have to shout it it's a very aggressive question why are you the best pay you for that compliment as as we arrange beforehand after the show (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much i'm not the best like top top 20 maybe (laughs) take that you did um well uh, hey greatest britain you were in the top top three i'm not the best best is kemi badenock it's my only real superior All right. There's another next question is from this Dungeons sub boss. Uh, Katie, is thrash metal the best metal? If so, why? Yeah, it is. is. This is dangerous. This is dangerous because of my nerd out extreme knowledge topics. I think there's LGBT rights and feminism. And then I think there's like insects and parasites. And then I think thrash metal is the top. So just Do you think that there's like a, a, a crossover between thrash metal and insects and parasites? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> thrash metal is the best because it's high energy. It has the it has a good level of like violence in the mosh pit where it's not really violent. It's just kind of running around pushing people. It's really fun. Um, it's uh, often anti system even though lots of the people mm. who sing it are kind of garbage people now um, yeah 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 it's it wild just... though right like a lot of like a lot of really classic like i mean i think of like well, like late 80s early 90s kind of like thrashy stuff was like there was a lot of like anti-imperialist kind of themes and like anti-war kind of stuff or whatever and then it's kind of swung around with there's like a lot of these american bands and in some cases the same people who have just swapped around to being like actually militarism rules yeah and like you know we were singing about war before but in the bad way and now we're singing about it in the fun way you know just... yeah dave mustang is such a good example of that and so yeah yeah, with, yeah. Um, he's wild tom, i've yeah tom met him and his family a couple times and they are like really? wild people yeah him and his um i can't remember his wife's name but his son justice mustang like yeah. how fucking how <laughs> how fucking mustang is that <laughs> <laughs> tom array is like a, so he's a singer of slayer yeah, he's yeah. A, like homeschool uh, evangelical slash yeah, yeah. I think he's actually a Catholic but I think he's one of these like homeschool don't trust the government types yeah, yeah, like, yeah. super religious and then like one of the most famous songs is God Hates Us All where he just yeah, screams yeah. God Hates Us All it's like okay because yeah. he's been like reborn for a while right mm. it's, um, yeah another wild. another interesting one that I found I know it's not thrash metal but like I didn't know that Motorhead did a song called Eat the Rich Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, amazing. like I, yeah. I had no fucking but idea. I found that out let like, me, recently. Let me. Let me. One of his greatest things is he never like sold out in that way. Like he was literally yeah. just an eighteen-year-old boy in that tiny and little died flat. in his seventies yeah. or whatever, and and he was yeah. just like fuck the system, get drunk every day, and <laughs> you know there's pros and cons to his life, but like he didn't sell out in the way that all pretty much all the major thrash bands, yeah, yeah. apart True. from Exodus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay um next fanboy is, question please uh it's unfortunately it's not a, a thrash metal question uh fanboy is trans boy says how do i convince people to actively do things with me i get a lot of ideas about what i want to do but my friends tell me i need to calm down and do something else hmm. oh like as in organizing stuff yeah hmm. yeah it is difficult i i get a lot of um people message me and and sometimes people are like super high energy and they want to do something right yeah. now and I, I don't want to be like this like 
the old person who's like, nah, chill out, like it won't achieve. <laughs> like sometimes um, it's good to find something that's already existing and to use your energy on what they're already doing, not because their idea is better than yours. Maybe you've got the best idea, but when they've got like, uh, they've got the momentum for a start. Mm-hmm. So they're already doing things and it's good if you can just come in and like, they're all probably burned out and tired and, and you can bring in some energy and keep their momentum up. But also yeah. they've probably got the organization and the contacts and the, yeah. the knowledge for some of this stuff. Like if you're like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a letter to every MP in the country. And then like, right, I just need help what are all their addresses and they're like well maybe if you like got involved with campaigning for stonewall or someone like that they already know all the mps and they probably yeah. go yeah. to their dinner parties and do middle class <laughs> this gay stuff with them um but um it so so that's that's one thing but i guess the other thing is like um if you're telling your friends and they're like now nah, chill out then come talk to us i don't know yeah. um if I don't reply to your DM, it's because I get so many. But like, there, you know, there, there'll be people ready to listen and, and see if it's already yeah, yeah. going on. And hmm. um, but yeah, maybe we'll make this thing we've been discussing: this stop funding transphobia. And then um, do you know? Yeah. Do you know about POT? P- uh, pissed off T word. I'm not allowed to say on Twitch and their mm-hmm. action outside the HRC. Yeah, a while ago, some trans people went outside the HRC and uh, left a bunch of bottles oh, yeah. of piss. And, oh yeah, uh, no, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. That's right. Because, yeah, you know, like, you want to push people out of, um, you know, public bathrooms. Like, what do you, what you know, what do you, what do you expect? <laughs> that um, was an interesting one. Because I've, that I've ended up they... kind of being a, a non-media event. And I wonder if that was a success. Because the GCs were all like, ha, ah, they're covering themselves in piss. This is a massive win for us. And then the news didn't really react to it. And I think the, the gender criticals were kind of shocked as like, why isn't everyone laughing yeah. at these people yeah. fighting for their freedom like we are? And, yeah. and maybe that was a good sign that um, that kind of action where you're doing something incredibly annoying, but you're not harming people is good. Like gluing mm. yourself to a floor or a friend pastor over a painting or something. I've heard they are planning something new. So Ooh. something to watch out for. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Anyway, okay, well, um, what we got one chair. From, yeah, yeah. Frongi chair wants to know: uh, How do you gauge if someone is too turf brainwormed to try to rehabilitate by debunking rather than just walking away and saving your mental energy for someone else who could potentially change their mind? Mm. Yeah. So I, I. Sp- I, when I started doing like advocacy for trans people, I guess how you could say it when like 2016 or whenever I made my Twitter, just started arguing with people. My, I kind of had uh, almost a utopian view. And uh, uh, one of my heroes was this guy, Daryl Davis, who uh, was a black man in America who um, makes friends with Ku Klux Klan members. And he mm. like de-rad- he has successfully de-radicalized several Ku Klux Klan members and he has that like their robes in his house as like a thing of like, you know, you just got to make friends with these people. And I just thought I just got to make friends with these gender criticals and I can do it like I have I, I can find the best in anyone. I can absorb insults like there's no tomorrow and, and, and have a lot of stamina for arguing with people. So I was like, this is, you know, what I should I'm good at. And I did do it for years, literally like five years of my life. I spent talking to gender criticals and trying to 
a good faith attempt to de-radicalize them. And I tried all the strategies and like, like I, I daily DM'd some people, you know, I talked to people on the phone. I had video calls with people. I, um, you know, joined their group chats and all kinds of stuff. Like I did all the things, attempted all the things, um, a short of like moving in with one of them or something. And I think the conclusion I recently come to is the gender critical movement if they're if they are a gender critical person is too far gone they have too much momentum their their worldview is too disconnected from reality and i think if it's someone who isn't your family member or someone you live with or someone who you you work with someone who you see every day you're fighting against like they they have this radicalization machine like they they might talk to me for like two hours in one evening then they just go on Twitter and there's like, you know, rapist in women's prison, you know, child life destroyed, like do, 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 do. And, and their emotions get back up. And everything I've just been doing is kind of like overridden by the, the panic. And and I feel like I did. There are some who did de-radicalize for sure. But the amount of energy I put in like thousands of hours of my life to de-radicalize tens of people compared to me writing something on Twitter in front of yeah. 80,000 followers or something, that is way more effective and it's less yeah. effort. And, and it, it's hard to explain how emotionally demoralizing it is. Someone like some of these gender critical people, my friends, I, mm. I literally talk to them every day for months. And some of them, when I met them, they were like GC light or, or maybe in the middle somewhere. And like, like a couple in particular, I remember one lady who she was kind of nice and was just like, I just have so, like, I kind of bought into the old, I just have some concerns kind of thing. And I ended up having to block her because she started saying that Nazi was a slur and that there was like, not, there weren't <gasps> wow. any Nazis today. And I was just like, you weren't, you weren't like this six months ago. And we were oh, friends three terrifying. months ago. And now I was like, I can't. And I, I was sad about that for like a, a week. I'm so know. sorry. It's grim. I, and just some American lady I hadn't met before. So it's not like it was a family, but I've had tens of these. And it, yeah. it, it gets to the point where you're just like, this isn't worth my time, but also not worth my emotion or investment. So in terms of, to answer the question, um, I think if it's someone who you care about um, in your life, then it's worth putting in the time. And I, it, you know, if it was my family, I would, I would, do the 10,000 hours if I had to. But mm. um, if it's a random, I don't think it's worth it. If they, if they are gender critical, if they're saying the gender critical slogans and they're, they're doing all the, you know, when someone's gender critical, you click on their I love JK Rowling hashtag or whatever. Um, if, if they're doing that, they are effectively beyond and you're, you're not going to reach them. And the best thing you can do is to provide the counter information once clearly for passers-by and then move on to someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I do now and that's what I recommend um, for others. And that's from my personal experience. I'm not saying I'm necessarily right, but I all I can say is I know in my like in my heart, I know that I put in the most amount of effort that I could humanly do to de-radicalizing people and it does work one percent of the time or less so mm. yeah mm. it's grim and it takes months you've got to be mm. in there for the long run um, 
All and right. also it's kind of controversial because then you're making friends with the shittest people on earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you follow this person? It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of got tell a thing <laughs> I'm doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm radicalizing. I imagine that last chair, that last question was from Frongy Chair. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So next the one next is... one is this dungeon yeah. sub boss, um, who asks if there's no local organizing option that seems safe for trans people, how would you go about specifically starting social organizing? I was thinking of starting a safety program specifically to make trans people aware and armed, but I have no idea how to start. Any advice? Yeah, that is difficult, and I I don't know. I've been thinking about about that recently um i wonder if it's just a case of like just starting like just ship it like mvp um it, it, you know if you, if you want to do a thing where you're doing safety classes for trans people then maybe just literally post on facebook i'm doing safety classes for trans people uh, like just get your friends to come along and say do you want can you come along i'll give you free classes and then once you've got like your three tra- trans friends coming and post about it on the internet, maybe someone else will come and then maybe it's going. Um, yeah, yeah, if you can find like a, you know, or if, if you have the skills or if you know a trainer that is like willing to help you or something like that, it could just be as easy as being like, you know, getting in touch with friends, being like, hey, look, we've we've found a space and we've found someone that's mm. going to come and they're going to, you know, teach us all a little bit of, a little bit of jujitsu or whatever like that. Um, so, you know, like, you know telling your friends like hey and if you've got any friends that want to come as well you know tell them to come along um and yeah like I think it's like I think a lot of times people do sometimes kind of like overthink organizing things like this you know like and I guess this is like more like something like you're organizing a class as opposed to like organization organizing an actual like organization like which obviously requires a little bit more kind of like plans and structures about you know, like your long-term goals and all that kind of stuff. But if it's just like, hey, we just want to get together and talk and learn about some stuff, you just need a time and a place and, you know, like a bunch of people. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's it's kind of daunting to do stuff like that, but I feel like it's like all there is is just to do it, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you just have to make mistakes and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, yeah, and know that it might be kind of weird and awkward the first time or something like that. but Just uh, accept you know. your fate. You're going to screw yeah. it up it'll be fine then you'll be better next time true that's very true great advice in general i mean the worst the worst case scenario is you accidentally train a trans supremacist super soldier who destroys all of cis kind i mean whoops yeah like fist (laughs) of the north star but trans and you've just got this like you know it's unstoppable fighter to deal with i think i know her cool yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) all right should we uh yeah, yeah, we got another one from Infotoxin saying... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's all right. Okay, you can do the next one. Okay. Question from someone unfamiliar with how exactly it works. What would it take to make British media fundamentally not like this? And then in brackets, i.e. not a corrupt inner circle of rich pricks helping each other. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder if the media in general is tending more towards this rather than away from it. Um, because you know, if, if the media is kind of dying to social media, then what is there left other than clown billionaires who want to turn something into their personal like vanity project? Um, 
Yeah. It, it, might, it might just get worse. It might just be at the, it might be no way. I don't know if it's salvageable or not. I mean, yeah. because like something like the independent, like, Oh, we're going to be independent. We're doing a new left wing paper. And then they're like, Oh, we've been bought out by someone or whatever. And then yeah, you know, yeah. they, oh, they start yeah, becoming bought out by Murdoch. And, yeah. Yeah, I and don't then, know if this person is new to Red Planet, but we're big advocates for the end of capitalism. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it's, it's, it's the media landscape is, is kind of shaped by the economic system and um i mean i think i've already mentioned it once you know like so yeah take a drink or whatever but um manufacturing consent by chomsky and another guy um talks about like why the media why, why media is the way it is and a lot of the examples that it uses in there i think it were pretty prescient uh there's a lot of stuff about the new york times that back then they were talking about the war on terror but now it's like the new york times is doing the same kind of shit but they're talking about like trans people they're talking about you know other groups and stuff and i think that that is like uh that's probably a great place to start if you want to get a good understanding of the way because a lot of people will think Mm -hmm. like oh the media is anti-trans because there is like an evil man at the top and he hates trans people and he you know pulls the levers or whatever Mm -hmm. which isn't isn't exactly how it works like i actually know that i'm um, like i've the the guy who is the editor so you're gonna of the see actually you know rupert murdoch then <laughs> oh, no no he's actually he um, new zealand is one of the only like empirical countries when where murdoch doesn't have a meet a stake in the media here it's like something that like you know like even i think even our former prime minister jacinda Ardern commented on it saying that like you know that's one of the best things for our media is that he hasn't been able to get there but um but like the guy that is the the you know the head of the new zealand herald he has like trans family members who he you know by all accounts that have heard he loves very much but it's like this whole thing is like you know it's like it's bigger than one person and it's like you know like it's the it's the economic system and it's like the kind of media landscape in general that kind of trends towards making things the way they are and we can't like yeah we can't look at it just as like you know like a single newspaper or a single tv station or anything like that Mm -hmm, we gotta look at mm -hmm. the bigger picture and i think um yeah that book is is really helpful for understanding that even though some of some of it's a little bit dated but a lot of it's still fucking you know yeah still slabs I wonder if, um, like, uh, uh, the idea of, like, saving the Daily Mail is that you, you've got to give up on that idea. They are, they were fascist 100 years ago, and they were, yes. if they exist in 100 years. And, mm. and like you say, like, this is all a capitalism thing. But there are some things that we might be able to take from the mainstream news, take bits of it and make our own version of it. Like, they, if we all write on our blogs an article it's a blog and people people have an idea of what blog when they see something in the daily mail even though the daily mail is fucking wank it still is a organization and people have heard of it and lots of people are like oh i hate the daily mail and they still read it they still yeah. click on the links and they and when it's a topic they don't know about they still believe what they read yeah. if we right. made some organization like we might be able to make a range of organizations we can make our version of the Times, our version of the Daily Mail, and our version of like the Star or whatever, and have three just pro-trans media organisations. One which is really fussed about looking all proper, and you know everything's got to appeal to posh people. And then we have this middle like idiot kind of one, and then we have like the the bottom gutter clickbait one. 
and we just steal that thing they have going on but we are just not making money off it that's not the goal the goal is instead yeah. making trans rights off it get people to volunteer to write these articles you know if oh if you're a professional journalist you can write for a top one or whatever not because we're judging you or whatever we're just we're tr- we're playing this game um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, we might it would there. actually be uh, pretty hilarious to invert the daily mail thing and instead of like you know they'll do like some clickbait article about like you know some trans person or whatever like that but invert it and just do them about like just fucking politicians or whatever be like well look at this disgusting tory coming down amongst the common people (laughs) you know like we could just publish an article about every single republican that turns out to be a pedophile which is like what one a week like something i i'm unsure about this as a strategy and i don't know but when the Guardian posted their bullshit article, I looked up who the journalist was, found his Twitter, tagged him in, and was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And it got yeah, like three thousand yeah. likes. He's obviously seen it. He's not going to respond. Yeah. But I mean, I, uh, that we're quite limited in the UK what we can actually say about people, and I'm not talking about this guy anymore. Um, but in terms of like kind of saying things about journalists, we don't want to be in a situation where we're doing some kind of Trump bullshit where we're just targeting journalists we don't like. Yeah. But at the same time. If they're lying about trans people, maybe we should be saying, hey, yeah. this person is bad. And maybe if you're in America and you can yeah. actually say what you want, then maybe on your blog or on you, your yeah. organization that this, you make, you can yeah, write that happened um, about them. With what's his name last week? There was a guy um, who talked about J.K. Rowling. And then, you know, like a minute later, he's got like, this statement on his Twitter account, how he, you know, regrets the interaction and, yeah. you know, those um, things yeah. like very, very, um, transparently written X, y, by Z, a lawyer, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and it's like this wild thing where it's like, you know, like these people do have these money to do these slap suits, you know, to just like yeah. shut you up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, so it, is, like, it does limit what way. a lot of people within the UK can actually, you know, say, because, you know, because, you know, you never know if some fucking loser like J.K. Rowling is just going to spend more money, well, you know, like, potentially spend more money than you will ever see in your entire life just to, you know, like, take Tim, down a tweet. You could say whatever you want about it, because you're know, in Aotearoa, you know what I mean? You, you, yeah, 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 I can say, I can say whatever the fuck do I want you can do whatever you that. want, you, you know? Horrible, horrible, evil person, um, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. I was going to say a bunch of other stuff, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah you know so uh and I mean that's like the other thing right like these um yeah they call them slap suits right Mm. this is another thing from you know manufacturing consent but those don't often like it doesn't matter if they can actually like take you to court and prove it or whatever like that but Mm. just all of the shit around it all the Mm. money and the the time and the mental energy Mm. and stuff like that is enough to get people to just shut up and just never talk about anything like that ever again and you know delete their social media and just yeah and i don't think people realize how many of them there are like i i've had four (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and they're fucking stressful um and 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 i know a lot of people who i who have when i've referenced something like that and they'll dm me and they'll be like oh this happened to me once don't tell anyone i don't want anyone to know i don't want to lose my job and and like you i mean so many people <laughs> uh it, it's grim how how often this is happening and people don't want to talk about it because they're scared and i i mean i i'm worried about talking about it so mm-hmm. anyway question 
All right. Next so question. next question from Inky Inc. I think that's how you pronounce that, right? Yeah. Um, what are ways we can organize against the onslaught of anti-trans bills being proposed? I'm in Texas and they are pushing a bill to ban gender affirming healthcare for all ages. And our com- and our community is fleeing for obvious reasons, but it makes the fight harder for those who can't. Yeah. I mean, it's so fucking grim that I have just not engaged with the latest from Texas. Like I've got, Texas uh, is horrific right yeah, now. My, the show I was on just before this was based in Texas and like, some of my friends live there and I mean I don't even know how to engage with it I'm so burnt out with the UK stuff and it's like even worse there uh, I mean the, like we're, we're saying like this is heading in the genocide direction and in Texas they're like there <laughs> it's, it's yeah they're doing it um I've had friends move out of Texas I guess one thing I, I mean maybe this to Americans this is obvious I don't know but in the UK when they say oh there's this bill proposed I mean, that that seems to be a much higher up in the ladder than when they propose it in Texas, because um, often you hear like, oh, like there was a bunch of bills where they proposed banning people from wearing the wrong cl- gender clothes or whatever nonsense. Mm. And there's like five states put, put those forwards. And, and it, it makes you panic because if they said that in the UK, like there's probably going to be three years of parliament debate about this and it really might happen. Whereas... I feel like laws happen much quicker in the USA. Like they might well pass this wacky stuff, but also they make this bill and then it just disappears because people show up and tell them to fuck off and it all happens on one day and that's it. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just talking about managing your your stress level. Um, but in terms of like organizing against it, I, I think this... Uh, so in North Carolina in 2016 passed a bathroom bill which just bans trans people from using the toilet in public and, and other spaces. Yeah. Um, wow. And they actually backed down on it and got rid of it. Um, there was talk of how it was affecting cis women. They don't care about anything that they backed down because m- m- big companies were like, oh, well, we're just not going to build anything in your state then because we've got trans employees. Um, and I think one of the reasons that Republicans are going all in on Texas is because Google, Microsoft, et cetera, can afford to boycott North Carolina. Like, who cares? They'll just say, we're not building our next office there in North Carolina, back down. Texas, they can't. But maybe if, um, like, it's, it's all money, especially in Texas, like most capitalist place on earth, isn't it? If you can make this a money thing, they'll be more likely to listen. Um, you know, if they're going to ban trans healthcare, then that means all of the companies like Google that pretend to care about their workers are going to have to either move their employees out of the state or break the law. And maybe everyone should know about that. And everyone should know that this is going to cost Google a lot of money and it's going to cost Apple. Tim Cook personally cares about this. Like, it's going to cost Apple money. Um, maybe people should know about them more. I, beyond that, I I don't want to say I have no nothing for you, but it is pretty grim. Turning up at the co- the courtrooms and telling them to fuck off seems to help as well, um, but you know they're still they're they're looking kids in the eye who are begging for their futures and saying fuck you and then voting like seventy to four to pass some bill ruining this child's life like these people are scum. Uh, I don't know, difficult. Sorry. Did you see the footage of the uh, the trans guy doing his tee shot at the? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it was great. Man, some of these a... kids are like more courageous. At 14 than yeah, I've been was... in my entire life. 
Yeah. Huge. A, Can you imagine doing that? Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Mm. Legend. So dope. Speaking of so trans dope. men, fanboy is trans boy says, how would you factor the experiences of transgender men specifically in trans liberation? I find trans mask people sort of being secondary in some of these conversations about transphobia, but I think a perspective is important. Like Rowling has a whole chapter of turf wars about us. Yeah, um, I think that in a way, our conversations about solidarity with other groups, I mean, maybe trans men, trans women and non-binary people need a bit more solidarity between the groups. And um, I mean, the media wants to talk to pretty white middle class trans women and no one else um, for patriarchy reasons uh, and also for lots of reasons. (laughs) Um, But I think, um, it, and, and that's where the debate ends up going and it can be very easy to just focus on it. I do try and make a point of, um, you know, whenever I say something, just try and also mention like trans men and non-binary people too. And sometimes I feel like I say like, this affects like me and, and also these other people. And then I say it like five times in a row and I feel like, oh, I'm being pretty shit, like ally on that front. But at the same time, it is important to just bring it up and say it so it's on the forefront of people's minds. Um, but yeah, I, I think there must be some, like, can you even get a prescription for testosterone in, in the UK now? Can you even get top surgery in the UK now? Like, I don't even know if you can. Um, and, and people aren't really talking about it nearly as much as they are talking about other things. Um, like, I think some surgery for trans men was uh, yeah, just, unavailable. They just stopped doing it. And yeah. like where was where was the outcry? I mean, i I didn't outcry about it, so I didn't do a good enough job there. I think um, one of the one of the most annoying things about testosterone is that I see more cis people in the gym who are clearly on testosterone mm. as like a performance enhancing drug than you know any of the trans men that I know. It's you know, it's it's like absolutely absurd. We talked about Nicholson. that before. Oh. I think we talked about it um, on the DIY episode. How it's like you, at gyms, there are dudes like you know, it's like it's it's accessible. You know, like people will like you know will offer it and stuff. Like it's it's fucking wild how it's like probably more accessible for people just for bullshit reasons of guys being like just wanting to get fucking swole or whatever than it is for people that actually need it. You know, like it's yeah. Well, they had that thing in, um, it might have been Missouri, I don't know, one US state recently banned all, um, they banned like breast augmentation for trans uh, girls and trans women, but had a specific exception in there for cis girls. And they're like, no one is allowed to mutilate their bodies apart from young 16 year old girls who might be wanting to get married to a 45 year old man sometimes. You might want to get a breast implant. It's well because it's like that is like a gender affirming surgery as well, right? You know, it's Mm. like, well, well, I mean, you could you could say sometimes it was. I think lots of the time it's like pressured upon. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not affirming anything. It's just um, treating them like. like, um, Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. like there's like a lot of this stuff where it's like you know like um like Elon getting his hair plugs and then like you know talking shit on gender affirming surgeries mm-hmm. on Twitter and shit like that where it's like oh no well the you know getting your hairline back make you feel like more of a man like you mm-hmm. know it's, right yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like yeah it's, it's just incredible how 
they're always like this. It's like all the fucking yeah. anti-abortionists, and they've all had an abortion or yeah, 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 their yeah exactly. But for them, it's different, though. You know, like it's it's yeah. different for them because they're a special case. <laughs> I had someone in my mentions straight up say that breast implants shouldn't be banned for sixteen-year-old girls because that their sex life starts at sixteen and it makes sex more fun for them. And I was like, well, that's kind of grim, mate. What the yeah, fuck yeah. are you saying? But also, and who was saying this was like a 45 year old dude? <laughs> this is a problem. Where, I mean, probably it was apparently a woman, but you know, um, oh, that's gender critical uh, w- women accounts with no pictures are probably often men. But um, that, like, the thing, is, the first layer of this argument is like, what the fuck are you talking about? But the second, every time is like, even if we accept your argument, in what world does this not apply to trans girls? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing yeah, makes yeah. any sense at any level. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> uh, trans men. Was... And we started talking yeah. about cis girls and trans women. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we failed. Um, we Absolute failed. failure. It was how would you factor the experiences of transgender men, specifically in trans liberation? I find trans mass people sort of being secondary in some of these conversations about transphobia, but I think our perspective is important. Like Rowling has a whole chapter of turf wars about us. I think oh. um, that it's very easy to buy into the gender critical um, everything is about protecting women. That's what uh-huh. feminism is. It's about protecting women when really we should be looking at like patriarchy as a whole. And like trans men are getting fucked by all this stuff. And they're not, we're not even allowed to say, oh, we should protect trans men because like people have bought into this idea of we should just be talking about protecting women and it's just like we're either protecting cis women or we're protecting trans women and they are the Mm. two options and we must fight them against each other but um you know trans men uh, like even as men just in general in society have a load of patriarchy bullshit like all men do um but then also have the trans side of it where in fact trans the rate of sexual assault against trans men is the same as it is against trans women so yeah like that that is just not something we ever talk about because whenever we talk about sexual assault we talk about women or then we say all trans people and then that people just think of trans women and um you know there's a there's a special intersection of trans men when it comes to sexual assault and i just don't think people ever talk about it Mm. um yeah what you said earlier i have a friend who uh, frequently makes the news because she's uh, really pretty. Um, oh. uh, yeah, like she's. I mean, she's she's very based. Um, sorry, it something weird in chat. Yeah, yeah, Katie, it's you. <laughs> Don't get distracted by chat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about um, how we uh, factor trans men into this. Um, yeah, it's um, it's very important. Just talk about their stories more. I think that yeah, like whenever I talk to supportive journalists, that's the thing they always go with is um, like st- stories is what's going to win people over, and I think that was true for the like gay rights movement. Um, so having trans men being like, "Hey, here's my story," you because lots of people just think it's bullshit. Oh, another trans coming out story. Who gives a shit? But like. Lots of people have literally, lots of people don't even know that trans men exist at all. So if you're just like, hey, you know what? I'm just a geezer down the pub and I like, whatever, geezers down the pub, like, then like, you know, it's a story, isn't it? And people might read it and be like, oh, I know a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would say most of the trans dudes I know, like, just 
like most people would have no idea that they are trans and they just kind of like, you know, just kind of pass in society, like, you know, very, very easily or whatever. And I feel like it's like, it's almost like because of that people don't, you know, like people don't even realize like, it's like, yeah, you might actually know a trans dude. You just don't realize he's just, you know, he's got his head down. He's fucking, you know, like, yeah, there's like tattooers that I know. And it's like, people have worked with them for years without even realizing that they were trans, you know? And it's, I think it's like, which is like, you know, like, cool. But like, because of that, I think it's also being less visible means that like people don't even just realize that it's like, all these, there are like all these trans dudes out there, you know, they're just, um, yeah, you know, obviously not, I guess like maybe not as, um, not as well known or whatever, not as visible. I need so, to get them on more shows like this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Ashley Beanpie said, a uh, very important question. How long have you been playing guitar? Since I was 16. So over half of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, quite a long time. It's fun. Yeah. Ooh. What guitar have you got, Katie? I have a magic trick for you. This is oh. my current guitar. let me turn off my little uh is it so it's green it is indeed that rocks i love that shit oh Oh, shit that's awesome i love it it's a good color isn't it yeah that's i love that fucking good this is the ibanez um rgr 5220m Okay, so the reason I asked you that is because I know you like thrash metal, and I kind of like thrash metal, probably not as much as you. I have an Ibanez GRX 170, if you know what that is. Don't. I'm not actually a gear person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Ibanez just, yeah, they make Ibanez is where the shred is at. Yeah, they make Where the shred is at. (laughs) (laughs) I also like Ghost, by the way. Good band. Yeah, I love Ghost. You know, I hate... I hate it when people call them Scooby Doo metal. You know, it's like. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's exactly I get what it. I, I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. But it's like you know they've got a lot of good content. There's a lot of good content in their lyrics, and uh, you know they they did a whole they did like a whole song about um, you know the plague and rats and all this stuff, and that that came out pretty close to twenty twenty. I remember so um, that got me yeah. through. You know. I think I heard their first record when um, Fenris does, he does his little like, you know, like these are some bands you should check out, Fenris yeah. from Dark Throne. And he did one. And um, he, I think he said something about them being like Blue Oyster Cult, but like scarier or something they like that. Like it's like, that. exactly. The first that. album. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, that's actually where I found out about them. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I mean, I, fuck, I love those videos, Fenris and Snake, like that. And like, yeah, adrenaline override drive and stuff. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. Um, but, we should probably... Yeah, we just concluded our questions section. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for that. Um, and the one last thing we'll make, we will request of you. Um, we always assign our chatters homework after every episode. Mm, it's something actionable they can do. Um and, you know, in the in the coming week before the next show, where we send them more homework, and they love getting homework from us. They're very obedient little chatters. So, um, I don't know if you have any suggestions for what uh, chatters homework, or sorry, for the listener, the the audience's homework could be uh, for this week. Yeah, I mean, I guess one. Although we were just kind of complaining about it in a way, signing mm-hmm. that petition for um, Brianna's whatever post. Uh, 
I can't remember what the word is, uh, GRC. Um, that's a very easy one. So that's the, that's your like question 1A homework. Mm. It's very easy. Um, but yeah, more stuff. I, I think I did write another suggestion in the email, but I can't remember what I actually wrote. Maybe, maybe really have a think about one. like things that, um, things that we could do. Um, have a think about ways that we could uh, do effective protests, right? Yeah, like what's, what's, um, or maybe come up with a way of communicating a message. If you, if you think of an issue like trans men don't have access to bottom surgery in the UK, how would you communicate that if you had to do either a, like a two minute radio segment, or if you had to write it on a protest sign and don't think what's the funniest or what's the most factually accurate or whatever, what is the way you would sell this thing to a cis person who doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about it rather than like the title of this like petition is, you know, give a, a GRC, allow it to amend it to something or like we want children who are murdered to not be insulted at their funerals because of the shit system. Like that is a, I think that's an easy sell. Um, so how would we be like trans men haven't the nhs doesn't even provide like one of the most fundamental parts of trans healthcare for a lot of people mm-hmm. at all to like half of the people who want to get trans healthcare uh you know l- like lower surgery um i don't know there must be a way of selling this in one and sometimes i get this like i'll, I'll be arguing with people i argue with them like you know all these shitheads every single day and sometimes after months of making these arguments I'm like this is a better way of saying this and then, it, like, you kind of hone it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If everyone in the audience is, like, thinks up a, a way of doing this and then everyone comes up with a hundred different ideas, maybe one of them will be like, oh, shit, I didn't think yeah, of yeah. phrasing it like that before. And then next yeah, yeah. time you get a chance, you can just be like, you know, let's do that. Let's that's, it a, like that's, that. a fantastic <laughs> that. Yeah, that's a fantastic request. Mm. I know that as a streamer, there are certain things that I talk about so frequently that... I can tell the progress that I've made over time, whether mm. it be months or years, where I'm like, and sometimes we'll just literally do that. We'll just say, hey, how can we like make this into an elevator pitch? Cause someone will come yeah. into the chat and ask a question. I'm like, I don't want to go through an entire like the history of of whatever. You know, you want to n- nobody's interested in that. Like, and it's it's not effective, right? Yeah. Um, you're asking a lot of somebody to like be patient through that and then to absorb it all. And then, you know, so just what's the quick elevator pitch for this? Um and for, I, I know that if it wasn't for the fact that I do stream, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to like, or wouldn't be forced to, you know, have to hone that. And it's absolutely a skill that you can develop and it's extremely effective um, and it's, it's extremely practical. <laughs> so I think this is a great suggestion. Yeah. And and it's, we can have them as a community as well. Like mm-hmm. if, if anyone... Like, you don't I know have to keep some... to yourself, tell other people what it is so you can all share it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and also, I mean... I know sometimes people like being credited for their work and that's totally fine. Uh, anything I say on anything, you are you 100% have my permission to just rip the fuck off. Like, just, <laughs> oh, yeah. just take it. Don't even say my name. Just make claim you made it up. I do not care. Um, mm. But I think that's how, you know, as a community, we need to do this. So if you come mm. up with a really good elevator pitch and you're defensive about it and you're like, mm. oh, I can't... You know, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but maybe... Do native <laughs> to the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
yeah all right well, well um anything you want to plug tomorrow if i am still alive uh today has been quite tiring <laughs> i'm on like hour four and a half of uh arguing with people and stuff um i have turf wars which is my main show coming back to youtube at 9 p.m uk time um first episode of season four i've got a whole new fucking backdrop and well it's, i've got uh kaylin conrad if anyone knows them it's like an amazing yeah, set design yeah a friend of mine kaylin's in the twitch chat yeah oh is it oh shout out to yeah. kaylin um mr blobby's biggest fan um has designed all of the um like backing and all of the like title cards and everything it looks fucking amazing i've just finished today writing all of the music for all of the intros sorry i'm big in the loads. anyway that's my main thing <laughs> also i got a website now katiemontgomery.com can you search it and click on it so google says that i'm doing better in the rankings that'd be great that's all <laughs> thanks also um so what is your band called and where can people hear them oh yeah Dehumanaut. Um, we wrote an album, a second album in like 2021, and I haven't recorded it yet, which is mainly my fault. Um, but now Turf Wars is relaunched. I can now focus on doing a second album. So it's like D-E, the word human, and then A-U-T. It's yeah. like Thrash Death. Um, so yeah, so on all the things. Yeah, awesome. All right, cool. Well, thanks for that. Um yeah, awesome. It's been amazing having you on. And, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Hearing your talk, helping us out. Cool. So, Especially um, after uh, doing a show right before that. Thank you so much for, yeah. for coming on. Thanks yeah, for staying yeah, yeah. for the full two, two hours. Feeling pretty tired. And also I'm sitting in these like midday bulb daylight lighting. So my brain's going to... It really does mess you up. Yeah, it yeah. does. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I'm going to go have lunch and then I'm going to go to Anyways. bed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie, oh. for, for joining us. Yeah, thanks thanks by, for having yeah. me. Thanks, Katie. Take care. Bye, Katie. Bye. Well, uh, everyone, I think that was a very poggers episode. Very uh, pog what, champ. What an amazing big, big, guest. Big pog. That's right. Big pogs all down, all the way down. Um, but what I really want to know is when the when the, the show is over and we're no longer here, the little listeners, the audience. Where can we find Sophie from Mars? Wowie on Sophie from Mars and all of the, the platforms. I'm working on a thing about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos at the moment. It should be out soon. Um, I'm also doing something about Doomerism and how it's cringe. Uh, the most important place to check me out is patreon.com slash Sophie from Mars. That, that pays my bills. But what's the most important place to check out Tim? Uh, well, you can find me here or on YouTube as Conquest of Dread, uh, but you can also find me over on Twitter as Dread Conquest. So, um, yeah, I haven't been streaming too much lately with all of the, um, you know, natural disasters and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and not, you know, having power and internet and all that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, I... I want to get back into it though. I'm playing through Black Book on stream and it's really good. Um, and yeah, over on Twitter, it's just more shit posting and stuff, you know, the usual on Elon's great site. <laughs> friend of the show, so, Elon Musk. Yeah, friend, close personal friend of Kira Chats, um, who <laughs> uh, can be found at where? 
You can find me in my link tree. All my links are there, including my Twitter, including my Twitch, which are all found under Kira Chats. Basically everywhere you can find me under Kira Chats. Mm. But uh, my link tree also uh, has my not safe for work unmentionable links, which I cannot detail any further than this. Um, wink, wink. Wink, 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 wink. Um, yes, click on it. Click on it. Do it. Click the link. Do it now. Click the link. You know you want to. Okay. Uh, but wait. I, where? Where? Who have we not talked about yet? Is it everyone? Yeah. Oh, did we? Not, did I almost forget my little peanut butter jelly sandwich? I didn't want to say anything. Oh my heart. I didn't well, want to say anything. We wanted to. We wanted to have ourselves a nice. A peanut butter jelly sandwich with the crust on or off. It's up to you. Where can we find? Where can we find that? <laughs> um, listen, I Kira is so smart. I I just have to say she's so smart and clever. She reminded me that I have a link tree, and I do have a link tree. And it's if you're on Twitch and YouTube, it's there in the chat right now. Um, it's just easier. All my stuff is there. Like it makes so much sense to just do that. Um, but yeah, I'm working on a video right now. I'm working on a YouTube video right now. A couple of YouTube videos right now. Very, very hard. So that's what I'm doing at the minute. And, um, if you want to check out some updates from that, you can head on over to my Patreon and give me money and you can also, um, you know, be in the, the, the fucking credits of the video and all that kind of stuff. And you get all these kind of things like early access to videos and stuff. So yeah, please consider, uh, give me money on Patreon in the meantime, at the moment, I'm just really gaming on Twitch right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, you could support me on Twitch too. Like head over to Twitch, uh, and, uh, yeah, watch me do some Dark Souls speedruns. I'm doing some Dark Souls remastered speedruns at the minute and, uh, yeah, maybe I'll beat my PB of one hour 40. I think it is. No, one hour twenty. Oh, um, that's pretty good. It's not bad, Tim. It's not bad. It could be better. It could be better. <laughs> so, you know, that's what we're trying to do. All right. Awesome. Cool. Okay, cool. So um thanks for joining us this week. Uh next week we are gonna have we're gonna have some guests from the Good Law Project. Um, so yeah, that'll be great. I uh, hope to yeah, pog, very pog. Big pogs. Big pogs for that one. Yeah, see you next week, everyone. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody on YouTube for watching. Thank you, all the listeners of the podcast and everything. Love you very much. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Planet. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your comrades about it. Find more on the show, including where to watch live at redplanetshow.com. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at red underscore planet underscore TV. And there's even more on our Patreon, patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Our music is by Jasper Byrne. Red Planet is produced by Comrade Zimmerman in association with Mercenary Creative. See you next week.